Time to add personality to your office or home. Goat Guns offers a wide range of miniature gun models that are fun to build and display. From desk decorations to conversation starters, our realistic die-cast models are sure to impress. Choose from a vast selection of historic miniature firearms such as AR-15s, AK-47s, and 1911 pistol. We have greatest of all time support and a 90-day buyback guarantee. Order your Goat Gun at GoatGuns.com. Gifting is hard. This isn't news. But what might be news is that you can now send beer, wine, and spirits right to your friends and family with Drizzly, the go-to app for alcohol delivery. Save time shopping, save money comparing prices across stores, and spend more time sipping with your gifties. Now that's good news. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. Must be 21 plus. Not available in all locations. Hello and welcome to the Grapple Wrestle Kingdom preview show, I think. Uh, that's what we're calling it. Uh, we're playing with some uh, some different stuff backstage. Hopefully uh, people are joining us live on the uh, the Grapple YouTube. But as always, I'm Benham. I'm JP. And Gareth is muted. Good start. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot going on. It, it takes a lot to uh, to get this uh, this thing rolling. Uh, we've got all kinds of uh, things going on for us to have a live chat with our patrons just now in our pre-show. We should be live on the uh, the public YouTube and, uh, and Twitter and Twitch and all kinds right now. But uh, how are we, JP? How do we find you on this? It is Monday, I think. Um, it's one of the, it's that period where we don't know what actual day it is. Yeah, uh, and that's coming to a crashing halt tomorrow as I go back into work. So I won't lie, this will probably be as good a mood as I am because I can see myself sinking into a deep depression the moment this stops recording. When the reality is I've got to think about work and get up at a reasonable time, none of which I'm happy <laughs> with. There you go. <laughs> oh, well, how are you, Gareth? It's uh, not like not normal. We uh, we get you on one of these uh, these preview shows. Normally, we record these over at patreoncom grapple for the uh, the big weekend preview. But this week, there's uh, so much going on midweek. We uh, we had to uh, do this on a Monday, and yeah, we had to uh, draft in the big guns and uh, and get Gareth on here. You drafted in the big guns. Where are they? Big guns. I was going to ring in in a minute. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's a, it's, it feels like ages since we recorded. So when it was like, oh, let's do let's do this today, it was like, yeah, yeah, good to good to jump on. It's uh, nice to see uh, JP looking a lot healthier than last time I saw him. Yeah, I was pissed. I was pissed as arsehole. <laughs> um, put it that way, I'd uh, I, I'd I'd seen a certain colour and I hadn't really recovered from that. Um, mm. But felt all right the next day. Normally did what I normally do, lay low. Let's see if I said mm. something that was very inflammatory. Everyone seemed fine with it. Let's let's move on with life. Um, but well worth it. Thoroughly enjoyable. It's like six hours completely flew mm. by, which is which is pretty incredible when you think about it. It was pretty civilized too, I thought. You know, it didn't get too crazy. And even though we went the, the full six hours, we we did try and answer everyone's questions, but there are a, a couple missing as we talked about on the uh, the little news update we uh, we did on Thursday. We will get to them at, at some point. But yeah, I was feeling pretty fresh after the, uh, the six hours. It wasn't uh, wasn't too bad. Yeah, I felt, I, I felt a lot worse last year. Tell you that. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I felt the same. It definitely felt definitely felt a bit more civilized, and um, it was a good laugh, though, wasn't it? It was. Uh, it was one of them when you were like looking at the clock, and you're like, right, we've been doing this for six hours. Like, let's uh, let's let's go. Uh, let's uh, probably need to wind this up. I was thinking six hours. No way. Hello, and welcome to the Grapple Wrestle Kingdom preview show. I think. Uh, that's what we're calling it. Uh, we're, we're playing with some uh, some different stuff backstage. Hopefully, uh, people are joining us live on the uh, the Grapple YouTube. But as always, I'm Benham. I'm JP. And Gareth is muted. Good start. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot going on. It, it takes a lot to uh, to get this uh, this thing rolling. Uh, we've got all kinds of. Uh, Things going on for us to have a live chat with our patrons just now in our pre-show. We should be live on the uh, the public YouTube and, uh, and Twitter and Twitch and all kind of now. But uh, how are we, JP? How do we find you on this? It is Monday, I think. Um, it's one of the, it's that period where we don't know what actual day it is. Yeah, uh, and that's coming to a crashing halt tomorrow as I go back into work. So I won't lie, this will probably be as good a mood as I am because I can see myself sinking into a deep depression the moment this stops recording. When the reality is I've got to think about work and get up at a reasonable time, none of which I'm happy <laughs> with. <but> there you go. <laughs> oh, well, how are you, Gareth? It's uh, not like not normal. We uh, we get you on one of these uh, these preview shows. Normally we record these over at patreon.com slash grapple for the uh, the big weekend preview. But this week there's uh, so much going on midweek. We, uh, we had to uh, do this on a Monday and, yeah, we had to... Uh, Draft in the big guns and uh, and get Gareth on here. He drafted in the big guns. Where are they? <laughs> <laughs> big guns. I was going to ring in in a minute. Mate. Uh, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, no. There's a. It's, it feels like ages since we recorded. So when it was like, oh, let's do let's do this today. It was like, yeah, yeah. Good to good to jump on. It's uh, nice to see uh, JP looking a lot healthier than last time I saw him. Yeah, I was pissed. I was pissed as arsehole. <laughs> um, put it that way. I'd uh, I, I'd I'd seen a certain colour and I hadn't really recovered from that, um, mm. but felt all right the next day. Normally did what I normally do, lay low. Let's see if I said mm. something that was very inflammatory. Everyone seemed fine with it. Let's let's move on with life. Um, <laughs> but well worth it. Thoroughly enjoyable. It's like six hours completely mm. flew by, which is which is pretty incredible when you think about it. It was pretty civilized too. I thought, you know, it didn't get too crazy. And even though we went the, the full six hours, we we did try and answer everyone's questions, but there are a, a couple missing as we talked about on the uh, the little news update we uh, we did on Thursday. We will get to them at, at some point. But yeah, I was feeling pretty fresh after the uh, the six hours. It wasn't uh, wasn't too bad. Yeah, felt, I, I felt a lot worse last year. Tell you that. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I felt, I felt the same. It definitely felt definitely felt a bit more civilized, and um, it was a good laugh, though, wasn't it? It was. Uh, it was one of them when you were like looking at the clock, and you're like, right, we've been doing this for six hours. Like, let's uh, let's let's go. Uh, let's uh, probably need to wind this up. I was thinking six hours. No way. <laughs> uh, was, you, was your uh, New Year's any crazier? Like we were just discussing in the in the pre-show some of the things we got up to. Some of the people, uh, little our viewers, can join us and see my lovely gift that uh, that arrived in the uh, Christmas to uh, to New Year period here as well. But yeah, uh, how was your uh, your New Year? Any crazy, JP? No, went out for a couple of drinks, um, <laughs> girlfriend, and it was it was fucking dead. It was like a Wednesday mm. night. It was just like mm. no one around. And then uh, yeah, went back and watched Book of Boba Fett. Like very very odd in hindsight. Um, haven't got COVID as a result though, so like, I don't know. It very weird, like completely dead. But that's Abingdon mm. for you, which isn't exactly known as it's you know it's not LA, is it? Yeah, 
That's a nice place, though. You know, I've enjoyed it any time I've visited. But no, I was uh, over in Belfast for the uh, New Year period. Like, went out and didn't really go out properly on the night. But it was busy enough, like, in the town centre. But I don't know. I think everyone's just uh, just scared this year and everyone's pretty much just, just staying in, I think. Gareth, you partying hard as usual, New Year's Eve. To young kids, <laughs> try. Yeah, I was going to say try and try and avoid it anyway. We just our, our New Year's Eve was basically just watching that Beatles documentary. So um, that was that was a nice way nice way to see in the uh, see in the New Year that one. It's uh, highly recommended if anybody hasn't watched it. I know you learn anything. Now. I don't know. I was going to say you've lived here long enough. You're not sick of the Beatles like me. Like a <laughs> wolf, go around the Albert Dock or something. Walk up and down Matthew Street. You learn enough. I was going to say, I've become, obs- I've become a bit obsessed after uh, after that documentary. Might, uh, might pay a visit to the Beatles story. Do what Jeff Jarrett did. More about him and on. When he, uh, and, also vis- and also visited Tranmere. More about them and on as well. There'll be, uh, there'll be lots to... Uh, yeah. There'll be lots of Jeff Jarrett related uh, conversation, I think, on the on this podcast today. But yeah, as I say, usually we do the uh, this preview show as like a supplement to a uh, to spotlight uh, over on our Patreon. It's live for our patrons every Friday, sometimes Thursdays, where me and JP go through the uh, the weekend's action. But yeah, just uh, as a program, a note for the other uh, people who are tuning in for the uh, the first time on YouTube because of the mad couple of weeks we've had, and because of like how stacked the middle of this week is. We're doing the preview show today um, in lieu of uh, proper spotlight, and then there'll be a proper spotlight at the weekend to wrap up on uh, everything going on this week from Wrestle Kingdom to AEW to all of the other uh, shows that happen. There's even an Impact show on uh, on Saturday that I imagine uh, we'll be talking about in a minute. But before we get to the previews, we uh, we start this uh, traditionally, don't we, JP, with the, uh, with the news headlines. And there was a big news headline, at least as far as... Um, our podcast and, uh, and podcasts like us go uh, that dropped unfortunately after me and jp had done a, a news uh, update on it uh, on thursday and uh, yeah the uh, our, our good friend john briley sent us one last part in shop by putting this news out there as i was uh, boarding a plane to uh, to belfast and on new year's eve the uh, the news did drop the progress wrestling is now under new ownership um john briley has a uh, entirely sh- uh, sold company um and every every uh, bit of uh, ownership that he had uh, in the company to Lee McAteer and Martin Best, uh, the directors, and this is not a joke, um, at Tramia Rovers Football Club. Uh, Lee McAteer is obviously someone you know known to me who I've uh, met a, a few times, who's the, uh, and you'll see him around as uh, the founder and former CEO of, of Wrestling Travel. Uh, apparently, Progress of Wrestling's uh, senior management team is going to retain the, uh, the services of, uh, of James Amelie, Am- managers of the stars, in addition to uh, Hooked on Events, Paul Benson, um, and also uh, a couple of names, Khalil Butt and Ross Alcock, who I believe are also associated with wrestling travel. Um, and yeah, the company's going to return to live events in January. Progress Chapter 127 is the first show coming out of the uh, Electric Ballroom um, of all places on the 23rd of January. Then they're in Manchester on the 6th of February. I don't think we've had a confirmed venue for that yet. We're all assuming the Ritz, but I don't think that's actually been said in writing. They'll then return to the Electric Ballroom on February the 20th. It looks like from the uh, the press uh, release that we've seen that the content deal with the WWE on the network and and on Peacock will be continuing. It lists Simon Miller as their new host, so he's going to be the uh, the new uh, Jim Smallman, apparently. Uh, big list of talents on there: Gene Money, Warren Banks, Kanji, Karen Awar, Giselle Shaw, Riho, Mercedes Blaze, Danny Black, Luke Jacobs, uh, Chris Ridgeway, among the uh, the other names on there. And it was also announced that yeah, for that first show in London, Karen Awar versus uh, Chris Ridgeway will be the uh, the main event. Uh, there's a six way with uh, Malik, Jody Fleisch, Damaloni, Man Like Dereese 
Boy Johnson and Warren Banks. And also um, the Jonathan Gresham, of all people, the, uh, the last uh, person to hold that very belt up there, um, is going to be uh, on the Manchester uh, show coming up too. So, yeah, lots going on. And yeah, progress are back, JP, I think. Yeah. I think I'm. It's it's all very much of like a whirlwind last few days. By the way, point of correction: you're the last holder of the Ring of Honor belt, as you've proven. <laughs> well, Gresham needs to come and challenge me, mate. He needs to, uh, you know, grow some balls. Unify needs to unify, doesn't he? Almost, <laughs> which would be a great title for an event. I know a couple of submission holds. I know one exactly. of them. And you know, a ring post you've seen close up as well, and how horrific that was. Um, <laughs> It's it's a funny one, really. Is I'm not ultimately surprised, given John Briley's health issues and mm. like kind of various other things. And it felt like is he still going to be NXT UK as a consultant? Is that him out of wrestling? I mean, the, there's that kind of question in terms of progress themselves. It's a brand. I mean, how popular that brand is, we're going to find out. We've seen ticket prices, and they seem very high. And when you look at that card, you think. I can pretty much see them a catch for half the price. Um, I listened to um, Martin Bushby and Andy Ogden and Will Cooling's podcast talking about it as well. Um, There's a lot of men who are running the show Mm. as, as always, as it was before. Um, Like you mentioned about where they're going to be running in Manchester as well. I mean, Judging by what they're doing, carrying on the the chapter titles, carrying on the idea of chapters themselves, running the electric ballroom, if peers are trying to do like a kind of business as usual, but I don't know what this is going to look like because I was saying, we were saying ourselves when progress sort of reached chapter 100, like like if it's going to exist, it needs an entire rebrand. It needs all of these Mm. kind of things. This is the perfect opportunity for it but it feels like they're very much rushing into this. So that would be like my sort of first sort of word of caution for it. I can't get excited about the cards. Um, yeah, they've got Gresham in, but I think Gresham's going to be everywhere pretty much because he'll be doing his defending the ring of honor title in most places. I mean, he's doing mm. it this weekend for impact as well. I just can't particularly get excited about it. I would say, and it's not my cup of tea because, but Simon Miller as one of those kind of wrestling media personalities as front of house is probably a smart move in terms of trying to get more of that, that kind of general audience. Am I excited about it? No, not really. Um, I'm certainly not as excited as the Wolves players who, uh, having just scored against Man United away, are very, very <laughs> excited at this point in time. And the Wolves and the Wolves fans. But yeah, this happening, you know, I, I wish I had some sort of major big take to take from it, other than probably not calling around all the club progress members. I, that just seems weird. I don't think you need to do that. A nicely worded email, I'm sure, would suffice. Yeah, it's there's a lot to kind of... Can, you know, compute with it like uh, you know you mentioned there about the the fact that the you know the the shows are happening very soon you know it did to me look like an ask especially at some of the ticket prices we've seen to fill you know the ballroom and potentially you know the rich in, in manchester in you know less than six weeks um you know it, but potentially uh you know what wouldn't shock me if maybe those those venues were booked you know under the previous ownership it does kind of explain now why under the previous ownership, things seem to grind to a halt. You know, they continue to do shows with no fans um, last year, despite everyone else returning to live events. It's not like those WWE Network slash Peacock shows were particularly must-watching in any way. It did feel like they were a bit frozen in time, so maybe, you know, they were preparing for a, a sale this entire time, but 
but you know maybe some of those deals are in place and yeah it's 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 one of those like i don't really know what you're buying um with progress at this point in the world like the press release had the comparison of the two lots of of rosters you know all this list of all you know the classic progress roster you know listing you know pete dawn and will osprey and you know all these stars of the past and then you know the current list has got g money in it and you know some of the the other uh you know younger brit res talent that have you know got still lots to lots to prove and, and big shoes to fill you, know, you draw those comparisons and it does immediately make me think god what are you actually buying when you're buying progress i mean you know i can say from you know knowing some of these people personally you know uh, you know lee mcateer you know people do make there are some uh you know detractors of uh, wrestling travel out there and that uh, you know um they definitely uh you know made a few enemies when they uh they put those wxw 16 carat packages uh out there the year before last that our, our friends there pointed out and you know there are you know there were some draft detractors of, uh, of wrestling crb when they were doing the uh, the dbs checks for uh for tnt and the like but you know it, it was a well-run business that you know the looked like it made a profit and, and then got sold off. You then look at the other people involved, you know, Paul Benson is someone also known to me, no no relation, but, you know, running hooked on events, that seems to be, you know, a, a well put together business. And he's, I can just say from personal experience, he's a, he's a very smart man, but even knowing those things, I still look at it, Gareth, and think, but would I buy progress? Like, you know, even, you know, not knowing the exact financials behind it, like, you know, 2022 going forward with trying to, progress back in the position it was you know in in years gone by is, is that an investment worth going i mean you're the more business heads of the three of you i mean of three of us i mean what do you make of that as a as something uh you know that's viable um going forward with the the state of brit res and kind of the state of the world yeah i mean the, the burning question for me is how much they paid for it because that's the you know that's that that is ultimately you know what it boils down for me for me you know, it feels a bit similar in many ways to like the conversation we've had about roh uh, in that there is a lot of brand equity in the name there's that you know global presence there's the platform with wwe and things like that so there's a lot of plus points and advantages that there are to it rather than you know setting up an entirely different company you know from 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 scratch on, on that basis but again it's kind of you know even if you go back to like the the progress episode that we did on the on the patreon um it's you know what is you know what is progress these days it's it, it literally is a name isn't it you know there there is nothing left about that company that you know is anything that that progress previously was or or stood for now that doesn't mean to say that it can't be a success in the future it just means that it's not going to be something that's entirely different to the progress product that became the hottest indie in the world probably or one of the hottest indies in the world at, at, at that point that had the world talking that had the big names that had the you know british you know the top british names coming through that was bringing in global um indie stars that you'd you'd want to see it's it's going to be an entirely different proposition to to that you know but you know i think when you look at it you think with the platform with these people running it with you know they've got their own they've clearly got their own slant or, or their own angle on what they can make of this or what they do want to 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 make of this you know it it, it feels like it could be something that could succeed it feels like something where you know potentially the you know the the product itself might end up being 
a bit more of a mesh of, you know, fly-ins, you know, people on con circuits and things like that, you know, getting in your, your one-person name to pop a number or something, you know, uh, along the way, uh, your latest WWE release, you know, probably quite similar to what PCW was going back to, you know, 2013, 2014, and, you know, they drew, you know, big houses. They, you know, drew plenty of people through their door to, to, to see those and made a, you know, made a few quid at the time. But um, I think any view that progress is going to return to being anything like it once was is is just folly you know i just i, I think it's i think it's just an entirely different product and an entirely different proposition that um, that you see but it's fascinating all the same it sort of really came from left field when i like got that notification that it had been bought out by by them i thought you know my first thought was fucking hell John Briley really is the, you know, <laughs> very smart, um, you know, on that basis yeah. that he's, you know, carried th- carried this through to this basis and and then sold the, sold the product. And then my, my number two was, well, you know, we keep asking for something different in Britress, somebody to do something, um, you know, do do something along the on the the way a bit more outside the box and things. And then you know potentially there's uh, the opportunity for uh, you know for for that to happen, but. I don't know. It's 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 a it's a weird thing to watch and follow. You know, it almost feels a bit like to me like it's like that goth girlfriend or something like that that you had when you were a teenager, and then you like bump into her after university, and she's suddenly uh, you know suddenly looks respectable and uh, has got a decent job and things like that. And it's a uh, it's a uh, very different uh, person altogether. It's, it, feel, it's, uh, it feels like it's the the name's still the same, but uh, everything else about it's uh, changed entirely. There's yeah. a couple of Sorry, go on. Well, I was just going to say, but has it all changed entirely? Because they're keeping the same branding, which I find Mm. odd. Like, I would have thought for a re, because they have changed everything. You're right. You know, everything as far as like, you know, one of the big questions I always had about progress, as Mikey said there, especially, you know, post speaking out, you know, progress had no divine right to continue to exist, you know, and a lot of the mistakes they made in, in light of, of speaking out you know spoke volumes and the previous ownership we had a a lot of criticism for Mm. if we can draw a line out of it and you know move those people aside and and give you know the new people a a new shot i am surprised that they haven't you know gone whole hog and you know give it a new give it a new logo they've still got the the pandemic kind of logo and and material there they haven't outright like i wouldn't i might have gone to you know jp full wcw and like just you know done a done a done a russo bischoff and binned off all of the roster and storylines just started again they continue it on the storylines they continue you know karen O'Hara and chris ridgeway is the main event of the first show which doesn't particularly excite me i suppose that six way has has some new names in it and has a you know an interesting twist in it in the you know um promoting you know people of color and promoting you know wrestlers that that have not you know been particularly prominent and in in progress across you know this time jonathan gresham coming in for the manchester show i suppose that's something new um i don't know i suppose it is a, a hard line to draw between you know continuing on what the previous fans wanted and, and maybe trying to do something new but i don't know i would have expected them to go a bit further well i it depends <laughs> It's a difficult one. I think Eddie sums up one of the things that what is the WWE kind of relationship within all of that? And do they want it changed or do they effectively mm-hmm. want it as it is? Because we don't know. They're still running on there, which, mm-hmm. you know, in a sense, how much money they're making off that. Do the live shows matter as much if they're going to be going up on there anyway? Is there is I, I take it progress on demand won't be coming back in in sort of like a new rejigged form 
you know, there's there are questions around those. We mentioned about brand equity. A lot of wrestling brands are kind of built on it's a very hardcore, like kind of underground vibe that you're getting. And so the way that progress sort of dealt with things and the way that they cooled off with the the no fan shows, it makes you wonder what like it's not TNA level sort of like brand equity, which really was a toxic brand when you're thinking in terms of wrestling. But rather like a ring of honor as gareth mentions before like what actual value does it have practical value yeah. now? because you've burned off the, yeah you've burned off the ultras unless you're just wanting to run wrestling in which case are you buying the videotape library where there would be some value to that if you're managing to to utilize it in a way where you could maybe sell it off to some cable stations for some content or things like that but i don't hmm. know if that's there because of wwe so like you know it comes back to the idea of we're not really going to get an idea of it until they run that first show. If I were them, I just do all after this show. I'd consider that almost like a, like closure for a lot of those storylines and start off with your own stuff afresh. I imagine they'll get a crowd for the first couple. If then there isn't like big imports and the wrestling isn't up to snuff or what it was in terms of like the kind of general talent levels, then I can see it just sort of like kind of faltering off really, because then it's, it comes down to what makes progress progress. And at the end of the day, progress felt very much rightly or wrongly like the three owners and all of them are gone. So what is this now? If the fan base has gone, are we in triggers broom territory? Which yeah. is, is something that I think Andy brought up on BWE or the end of one division. Spoiler alert. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that is what I question. You know, well, what, could you not start your own promotion? You know, for for what ever progress cost? I mean, what are you know? I suppose there's there is, no there is a brand name there. I suppose worldwide, you see that. You know, while the likes of us with an R bubble of add our furlough progress and it's a dirty word you know it's still a, a name that travels well you know that americans know as being mm-hmm. you know, progress that's the that's the british promotion you know on wwe network i suppose that's what you're buying too slash peacock you know you've got that shop window which apparently is going to continue um which which was a surprise for me but yeah i don't know i think the smartest person coming out of all this and there's no lust, love lost between us is john briley like you look at this and go Play the blinder here, you know, for everything we would rightly criticize him for over the years. I think, as Will put, you mentioned BWA there, JP, as Will put, you know, I think he sees the, you know, is there a viability in going forward and trying to re- rebuild progress and get back to live events and, and make profit out of it? I think, you know, him cutting bait kind of tells you everything there is to know, I think, really. And yeah, I think the, the new owners are going to have a, a real uphill battle. I think it probably, to, to me, it makes. I think he knows that there's no legs in the old progress. That ain't, you know, he he knows that ain't coming back. He knows that his personal involvement and things like that, he's not going to turn that around and make progress what it once was or something like that. I think the the new ownership, you know, like I say, does in many ways, I think with some of the, you know, progress becoming a bit of a dirty word and things and, you know, a lot of the negative connotations that's attached to it and even attached to the, you know, the owners themselves and the way that the tide changed and the mood changed with those. I think for the for the brand, the company to come back, I think it's probably got more chance of bouncing back by having a totally, you know, an entirely different level of ownership. You know, if you think about what you're buying, you're buying a mailing list, you're buying you know, 67,000 followers on Twitter, you're buying 
you know, mm. 50,000, you know, that's, that's the reason not to start up a wrestling company from scratch. You know, that's, the, that's where the, you know, the money in it is in many ways is to be able to like market to people and communicate your, you know, product and, you know, what you're trying to, mm. trying to do to a significantly larger volume of people from, from day one, um, than if you try to set up on your own. However, it then just boils to me, it just boils back down to, well, how much have you paid for it kind of thing? Because if they feel like they've walked away with it, which is a, a good deal in order to get access to, you know, the, the the global name of progress and to, you know, people who've engaged with the, the brand over the last decade that you can then try and, like, you know, market to and sell to, then, then like, that's, that, that, that's a positive thing. But, you know, if they've, um, yeah, I don't know, if... If they've paid over the odds for what you'd, you know, what you what you think the brand is worth at this point, and that's another thing is we don't know how much they understand progress either. I think that's another one mm. of the like like that would be one of my big questions for them is you know what do you know about progress? What do you know? What do you yeah. know about like how the brand was built? What the audience was built on? How they engage with people in a different way? You, you know, do they understand that you know business was down you know pre pandemic and it's not just a, a pandemic situation? Do they do they even know that you know it wasn't selling out and things like that at, at, at that point they're all questions which again i'd be you know i'd be i'd, I'd love to know <laughs> the answer to, mm-hmm. to, to to some of those different aspects as well because it certainly puts a different slant on it and then even this like activity of them looking to phone up the club progress members which on say. the surface from a business point of view you know i know it's something when i worked at everton it's something that they did they they did outbound calls to you know past season ticket holders to previous things to, to try and warm them up and things it, it was it was just regular normal practice really within the uh, within the within the club when when we did that you know then them clearly translating it to being something to to do from a you know seeing it as a customer service thing and seeing it as a you, you know get yourself on side with the fan base activity then actually seeing the negative pushback that a lot of that has seen about like, you know, words, you know, words like creepy men been used on Twitter and people throwing up GDPR and all different aspects like that. They probably didn't realize the extent to, you know, there is a, there, there is a certain, um, I suppose, a different mindset and certainly within the progress audience and certainly within the traditional progress audience as well in terms of their their you know background and attitudes towards certain different activities as well i'm, I'm sure that they've probably uh they've learned a fucking a hell of a lot um from a yeah, position and an activities point of view in the last couple of days uh, more than they probably thought at the time that they uh they signed the deal definitely two, i've got two very quick points on, on on this and i think joe mills brings up an idea about the super strong style 16 packages if you do progress wrestlemania weekend packages there's things like that that they would be able to offer and the other one is is more like why didn't wwe buy them they had first option they i'm imagining they would have had first refusals True. something along those lines why didn't they just buy it it wouldn't it cost them that much i would imagine in the mm. scheme of things it, it seems very odd that happens but they still want the content it just seems mm. like, well, why go to the trouble of having to pay someone else when you could just buy it outright? Mm. You know, yeah. So yeah, there there's a lot of variables. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, it's a story I'm sure we're all going to have 
lots of thoughts on kind of as it develops and yeah you know i did raise my eyebrow a little bit at the you know the, the phone and season ticket all this stuff and you know there's been mixed reactions to that to say the least uh, i can see like you know hardcore you know dad and all progress fans that maybe still exist out there i suppose the type who would you know mm. yeah take those kinds of subscriptions with, with the progress to maybe appreciate it I just wonder how many more of those people there, you know, to point you've made, Gareth, you know, about, you know, how many of those people are left, how many you people does that, you know, Simon Miller and his, you know, we, we can laugh at the fact that, you know, oh, YouTuber Simon Miller, is he a big deal? He is, you know, to certain people outside of our bubble. Is he going to bring, you know, some people in, does giving this a, a fresh coat of print, bring in, you know, people that aren't, you know, seeing progresses as tainted as the, uh, the light, likes of us do um yeah those are the kinds of the questions but you know i've seen a lot of talk i'm just looking in the you know the public youtube chat for uh for this very stream and there's you know some people laughing at the fact that you know 36 pound for a uh, for gene money versus kid like us you know those those ticket prices for the caliber of rest that you can get right now in brit res does seem like a lot um you know is that going to pay off is, is high ticket prices and you know squeezing if there is a hardcore fan base gonna be you know the, the way they go forward mm. with this i think yeah i'm personally i probably would have would have started a bit lower just to uh to get some people in the door and to you know uh, to, to give people to get people to get progress another chance i mean quickly i mean before we move on we'll will we be going to these shows i mean you know gareth are we going to manchester one i imagine we probably will out of curiosity like i'm thinking i will jp will you be down in london I don't, I'm curious, don't get me wrong, but I think, again, rather like going to the very last, the Chapter 100 show, I'm kind of going more out of, like, it's like, it feels like social anthropology rather than going to go and watch wrestling that I know I'm going to enjoy because I feel like, you know, what are they, what stories are they going to be able to tell with the talent that they have access to that are going to be compelling enough for me to want to travel? Because it's the added cost. It's not just the ticket cost as we know. It's the train cost. It's the food. It's the drink. It's all those other things. You know, is it worth the time and effort? And I'd said to myself after that chapter 100, like, absolutely no. Like, no, I'm kind of done with this You're the done. way it is. Um, but, yeah, so I can't see myself, like, going down there because I just, at the end of the day, I can't be arsed with it. Mm. Yeah. Well, anyways, I mean, I'm not going to London. Like, don't be r- ridiculous. I mean, that's a little more spray, okay. Not going for this. <laughs> that Manchester um, show, it's gonna it's gonna depend on the card. It's gonna depend on the card, like massively for me and and, and the ticket price. Because like, at the end of the day, you know, I've, I think since we shows came back, I've been to see six or seven different promotions, and the crossover between wrestlers across those, you know, six or seven promotions is is huge. You know, to be to be honest, if if ticket prices are, are, are that high and and I'm seeing 80% of people who I will be seeing at Catch or TNT or Tidal or, or something like that anyway. I, I probably won't go, to be honest. You know, it would be just that curiosity factor almost, which with JP, but I'm I'm not paying 30 quid for curiosity. Do you know, <laughs> do, do, do you know what I mean? Like, to, to, to me, I'd rather, to be honest, to me, I'd probably rather, if I was doing that, I'd rather be putting my money in the pocket of of title or putting it in in the pocket of catch mm. or somebody like that who are you know trying to do something new different fresh they're a growing company like that and uh, again if if they're the uh, if they're the names that we that we see and I'd be looking to support those the, those guys probably at, the, at this stage personally 
Yeah, so you see like a Ben, you know, there's no no bigger Brit Res traveler than Brit Res away days there in the chat saying yep. there, you know, ballroom show will knock you, you know, for someone like us over in the north, 200 pounds for the day when you think of travel, food, but yeah, he's not considering it, you know, he's just there for any number of uh, Lycosses, you know, it's Aaron's in the chat there saying, you know, even living in London, it's not mm -hmm. something he's considering, he's going to go to Rev Pro, who are running the, the week after, um, so there we go again, Brit Res was 2022, start up again, um, but yeah, does seem mixed as to you know people who are maybe thinking of giving them another chance and as far as people who are just like no chance uh, they've had their chances uh with progress so yeah and well uh, if, if you think if you think about it you know like as you know i used to be season ticket holder for a couple of years did, i used to yeah. go to i used to be paying a bloody through the nose you know going down there on the on the reg but the reason that i went was because it felt like the best it felt like something that, that was absolutely compelling and i had to i had to absolutely be there and be part of for mm -hmm. for the atmosphere for the, the for the broader feeling just generally kind of thing of you know, the atmosphere of the event but the the social atmosphere of it just feeling like a bit of an occasion seeing like excellent level of wrestling matches that you, you know was different to what you were seeing on a, on a local scene and then also seeing bigger names at the at the time as well seeing these people who were felt to be the best independent wrestlers who were out there working not just in britain but across europe and the world as well you know you're not getting that they, they, they don't tick any of them box it doesn't tick any of them boxes now if that have, ever happens again then yeah, maybe I would reconsider, and I'd be, I'd be, I'd be going that down there to do it. But it all just—it's—it's it's almost like you just keep coming back full circle to everything that we've talked about for the last two years. That there's that there is no reason to to travel. Yeah, you could go to TNT Ignition, mate, the week after, and be absolutely sour the day of. I think there's actually an Ignition show that day, and probably see you know that caliber of wrestler. Yeah, that's a you know Gresham interests me, but yeah, for the current Brit Res uh, state doesn't. But nah, and what other inputs can you get? Yeah, there is yeah. that too. Yeah. Well, speaking of owners doing stuff publicly to try and uh, liaise with the public, Tony Khan um, came under criticism. Following his 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 uh, very measured response to comments made by Big Swole regarding diversity within AEW, on her Swole World podcast, she stated, "I explained to TK um, that I didn't want to resign because my piece was being disrupted," and went on to say regarding the subject of diversity within AEW, "I do not beat around the bush when it comes to diversity in my people. There is no representation, truly, and when there is, it does not come across in the black community as genuine." at all i don't know why you have everybody so afraid to accept it or say it but it's not a good look what happens is you have this wonderful company that treats people like family but there is nobody that looks like me that is represented at the top and in the room with them she went on to say she believes the company is making better strides than before but that some things need to be fixed tony khan issued a response on new year's eve always a good sign by quote tweeting an article by Fightful recapping the comments by Swole, stating that the top two AEW executives himself and Mega are brown and that Jade, Bowens, Caster, Dante, Nyla, Isaiah and Mark Quinn all won on TV this month. He went on to say, the TBS title tournament has been very diverse. I let Swole's contract expire as I felt her wrestling wasn't good enough. That response led to criticism from Swole herself, Leo Rush, and others, with statements put out by several within the company um, defending Tony Khan, including Sean Dean, who appeared on Grapsody on, on Fightful as well. Um, and he also works booking Dark and Elevation. 
Yeah, and I would say you want a measured take on all of this. Listen to Grapsody, uh, William R. Austin. I don't respect many people more than him in the podcasting world. And those three lads did a, an incredible job talking about this with Sean Dean. Nate Milton was just on Post Wrestling's news update uh, on YouTube as well. Absolutely, you know, listen to, to Nate's voice when uh, when talking about issues like this. But yeah, I mean, as far as the take on the story goes, I just think Tony can't mess up or post anything to put Twitter down sometimes. Like I tweeted on the night, it doesn't matter. If you think you're right, it doesn't matter if you can, you know, logic. A lot of times in message board wars, you'll try and logic your way out of an argument that you've got no business having in the first place. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened with Tony Khan here. Like, you know, the fact that he's on New Year's Eve doing this as well. Like, I mean, come on, Tom, like you must have, you must have better things to do. But the way he tackled it, like whether you agree with him or not, was not the way to deal with it like yeah. you if somebody like big swole and people should listen to her podcast and listen to her put these things in her own words because i think i've seen a lot of that where people have taken yeah. out of context she makes a lot of good points you don't have to agree with them all we've made the measured and considered until... sorry to interrupt yeah. yeah no it is it is and when we've talked before about keith lee or shane strickland or other you know people coming into aw because we've we've made that point that you know there is a, a lack of uh, representation as far as you know black wrestlers go and at the top of the AW cards, you know, there are conversations worth having, and she makes very valid points. In passing, she mentions leaving AEW and, and she mentions her reasons why. But that wasn't the point. And I think Tony Khan, you know, coming back with a list of, you know, black wrestlers who've appeared on TV and describing himself as as brown. And yes, I'm sure, you know, Tony Khan has experienced discrimination, you know, in his life as well in, in different ways, but I'm sure he has. You know, coming back with that, and then we're still coming back with, you know, well, Swole was crap though, wasn't she? Like that was kind of his real. That was his message. That that's where the message board poster came out. You know, that was just so unnecessary. Like Swole, I let Swole's contract expire because the wrestling wasn't good enough. Like that has got nothing to do with the points that she was making. That's when you're getting petty. That's when you're getting personal. And he should have been above that, you know, whether you agree with the other points he made or not, which I'm not even sure I do. You can't agree with that because it was it was just so out of line. And we saw it with, you know, with the likes of Leo Rush coming out rightfully uh, criticizing him. I am shocked that in the day since we've not had a, an apology from Tony Khan, at least for those bits. And yeah, I just don't think it's a good look at all. Because, you know, it was a shock when you like coming to, to read it and you see it and you just think that, you know, this is a... Um... Mm. You know, almost like strip it, strip everything, strip everything back. Uh, you know, the incorrect things that is that that is is said. The mere fact that he that he would he would do that, and he would choose to address it in that way, and he would choose to you know phrase what he has phrased in that in that particular way. And like you say, Benno, it almost like that kind of like punctuation on the end of it almost have been like, well, she wasn't very good and things like that. It just it's it, it almost sort of like flies in the face of the whole image that they've tried to present and, and and even him as a intelligent man like you put a lot of trust in tony khan for a lot of other different way different reasons or different factors relating to their business and things but then you you see something like this and it does make you think like is he as smart as, as people give him um credit oh, for him? that you know the fact that he hasn't you know he hasn't subsequently you know followed it up and publicly you know apologized and you know you know, put that you know, put that sort of slant on it of of, of understanding that is that that is wrong, and he was wrong to do that in that in that particular way. That says a lot for me as well. You know, you know, personally, I think it was. I think it's one where where people are continuously looking for you know 
point scoring and things like that in 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 wrestling and it's an it's an area where there has been a lot of positives from from an AEW standpoint you know it's a it's a it's it's a real um it's a real negative um negative uh, tick in the in, in the box from it from a AEW perspective and you'd certainly have thought that they'd have uh, handled it uh, handled it better than this mm. and it's something like you say Benno that we've we've brought up several times um on the show um just about the idea that they that they really haven't i mean like you look at the list of talent that he he raises what i mean one of whom might in jade cargill might be winning the tbs title but all of whom like are kind of on in a very irregular way outside of kind of like a Dante Martin. It's it like listening to the Grapsity podcast. It was, the, it was important to mention about the, this kind of difference between diversity and black representation Two very, very different things because other, otherwise obviously what you can end up is a situation where you've got fans of different minorities are kind of pitting against each other to say, you know, well, there is a, a, a large contingent of um, Hispanic wrestlers or wrestlers of hispanic heritage there as well and i know there was a photo taken a group photo i think taken after after one of the shows recently about that there's always going to be work to do when it became the wwe point scoring business and mentioning about Big E as well it just made you reminder actually there's everyone has work to do on this because representation really fucking matters. I mean, we say this as three white blokes who are very well represented in all aspects of kind of entertainment and sport. And in wrestling, like, you know, you look at the kind of reactions to the things about like kind of Big E becoming champion and then how ultimately like kind of like that becomes like a wasted thing. And then I don't want to turn it into a WWE AEW because like, like I say, AEW has issues regarding kind of main... Ev- you see this on posters a lot. These are simple mm. little things. Like, there are very, very few um, black or brown faces on posters for AEW shows. You mm. know, and these are legitimate... Like, and we mentioned things about growing pains and there's limited kind of real estate for people on TV. You know, well it doesn't look good if you just think the place to have kind of like real um, like black representation is dark and dark elevation. I don't think that that sends out completely the the kind of like opposite message, but yeah, be interesting to see what they do about this. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, Big Swole was measured in what you said, as you said, JP, and, you know, acknowledge that they are making some good strides and you know it does start at you know the bottom of the card and investing in younger talent and you know bringing you know some people in that that, that you know have, have offered something early mariati and, and other people at you know at that, at that level but you know there, there is always room for improvement or even if you don't agree you know if you genuinely think there aren't top you know line wrestlers ready to slot into main events in AEW right now if you don't at least listen you know, to the conversation, yeah. listen to those voices coming out. And yeah, you know, like Darren said in the, in the Patreon chat, the fact that, you know, uh, he ended that tweet promoting Rampage was not a good look. Um, I didn't like that at all. I haven't liked Tony Khan's conduct since it in the public chat, you know, where there's nothing going on mentions that, you know, it would have been an issue if Tony hadn't brought attention to it and then put his, then put his roster in a bad spot because the likes of, you know, Jay Cargill, um, you know, got a lot of grief, um, on Twitter, and Nyla Rose was getting a lot of grief, and I think Britt Baker ended up getting fired up for liking Tony Khan's tweet. And you know, yeah, as uh, as there's nothing going on, also said coming on the back of that Brandy promo on on TV, mm-hmm. it's just 
it's not a good look all in general. It, it did nobody any good. And yeah, you know, all we've seen, as Connor said, is that, you know, Tony Connor's liked Leo Rush's tweet that, you know, when Leo Rush did come back and say, I've spoken to Tony privately, you would like to see uh, a public statement out there. But yeah, nothing uh, at press time. But yeah, again, as we said at the top, you know, that's our take on it. Um, and, um, you know, people have sounded off in the chat, but, you know, Rhapsody Podcast would be your first port of call if you want a more informed take on it. And obviously, uh, Nate Milton over and posted a great job as well as some uh, some other voices out there. But uh, moving on from there into uh, some quick results uh, from the uh, the last couple of days, or at least since uh, myself and, uh, and JP did the last uh, Patreon news update. And we will keep it brief as we do have uh, some mega, mega previews to get to. Uh, we have some quick results from WWE's day one uh, pay-per-view, which uh, apparently happened on, on New Year's Day. I'm sure you two lads are, uh, are dying to watch, watch it. And after Roman Reigns uh, no. tested positive for COVID, <laughs> we won't be reviewing this one. Uh, we've got a lot to watch this week, everyone. Uh, Brock Lesnar was added to the uh, the Fatal 4-Way uh, main event. And would you believe it, uh, walked in and beat Big E uh, for the title. And not only beat Big E in a Fatal 5-Way match, pinned Big E, because, of course, we have to uh, make sure we uh, we add that to him when uh, when they're, it's getting to WrestleMania season and they want to they wanna put Brock over. Um, so, yeah, that was the, the biggest headline uh, coming out of the show. Brock Lesnar is now champion. Seems like they're setting up something uh, with Roman Reigns uh, uh, and him. Uh, they'll do that match at some point, probably WrestleMania, I would imagine now, uh, after they've been able to do it. Seems to be a, a thing they just like to do every, every, uh, every year or so. They remember they've only got two proper headline acts and, uh, and put them back together. Um, but yeah, that was the main event. Becky Lynch beat Liv Morgan. Edge beat The Miz. RK Bro beat The Street Profits. And the tag team title match, Drew McIntyre beat Mad Cat Moss. Uh, the Usos beat The New Day, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I, I have actually seen Gareth on it on Grapple. There's been some uh, some talk about that. Who says say New Day match? A lot of uh, four star, four star plus uh, ratings out there. But I imagine there's not much else on that show that's uh, going to get you excited to uh, to get in there and rewatch it. Uh, you don't mute me. The, all the tables have you're, turned. Your revenge. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, it's one of those where I was like thinking, oh, well, I'll have a look. I'll see. I'll, I'll give the ratings chance to come in, see if anything like filters through and if there's anything there that's uh, worth a watch for, for for any particular reason. But I mean, even that one, if you're saying that you've seen like people, you know, putting big ratings out there or putting, you know, positive stuff on social media or things like that about that opening match with the um, with, with the Usos and the, and the New Day. It's like a three point six average on, on on Grapple, which is like okay, yeah, watch you know, watch it, watch it if you're interested, you know, if you're interested in WWE product, three point six star match, you know, it's still a, you know, it's a good rating over over three and a half, but it's certainly not one for, you know, for me as a as somebody who basically watches zero WWE products, that's not something that's uh, pulling me uh, to the to the network to uh, tune in and watch that one, and then when I'm looking at other things around there about yeah. You know, you drew McIntyre and Madcap Moss at two stars. You know, your, your Street Profits match at, you know, 2.8. Edge against the Miz at 2.58. Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan just scraping a three-star there as well. It doesn't feel like there's a, a, a lot there to, to perk my interest. You know, if, if anything, I was probably I was probably interested in the original main event. I think I probably would have watched Brock against Roman Reigns just because it is Brock against against Roman Reigns. Uh, Roman Reigns, but again, when that um, changed to that um, fatal four way or whatever, the match doesn't look to be pulling up any trees again based on ratings or other things that I've read either. And surprise, surprise, Brock wins. 
kind of you know it just it all just felt very you know inconsequential to to me as a, as a anything to to spend my time over Christmas and New Year catching up on. I watched the main event. Going back to Roman and Brock. Oh, we watched it. Oh, was it? Was it a Paul Heyman move fest in 12 minutes? Yeah. Or eight minutes, was it? I think it was eight. Yeah, yeah, it was really short, which is why I watched it. Um, And it just kind of went at an all. There were some big spots. It kind of worked kind of well for what it was. There was no need for him to pin Big E. And Mm. the storyline, like, you kind of came away wanting to see Lesnar Lashley as much as anything else, which I think there's mileage in that particularly if you've got Lashley chasing down Lesnar to a title match at Mania and then you go Big E, Roman Reigns. That's what I thought there would be a way. And then it's a proper coronation if Big E beats Roman Reigns at WrestleMania and Reigns has been champion for, you know, what, a year and a half or whatever, then at least that's what they could do of it. But 12 minutes, I mean, it's it's very disheartening. But then I look at the kind of overall reign of Big E as, as being like, it was something they hot-shotted at the beginning and they shot, hot shot that way the whole way through, and it's all competing arguments about he won these matches and he lost these matches. He's your fucking world champion. He's meant to be dominant. He's not meant to be wrestling all the time every week, generally. You want to kind of save that shit. And he won in a way that is never a babyface champion way. Yeah, it can get a pop, the money in the bank cash in. It's a cheap way to win a title. If you want to look good, you kind of go, no, I'm going to beat you for the title properly. Like when Rob Van Dam beat John Cena and challenged him at one night stand too. That was fucking awesome. That's exactly how you do it. Outside of it, I did what Gareth did. I looked at the ratings and thought, fuck no. I'm not having any part <laughs> of this shit. Not watching it. I couldn't care. I still don't know Madcap Mosses, and I don't know. I may read it up on a raw result tomorrow, but that's as far as I'll go with it. It was a gimmick, as Darren said there. You know, Big E's run sums up to WWE. Like, it's a money in the bank cash in for a moment, as you say, JP. People got really excited about the fact that Big E was going to be a main eventer, and it's ended the way you would expect it to end. And, you know, don't want to be tone deaf either in, you know, comparison to that AEW story. You know, what happened to Kofi Kingston? Same thing. You know, now they've done it with Big E as well. So that's another slap on her face, I think, if you're someone who's invested in Big E, you know, as far as, you know, again, a person of colour at the top of uh, the card. There is no good reason why Big E shouldn't be, like, if not behind Roman Reigns, the second most featured act on the male mm. side. There's none. Mm. What doesn't he have? And you go, oh, he's not a great worker. I I present to you Hulk Hogan. Like, honestly to God, bad workers being champion is not something that this company mm. has been scared of before. And he's not a fucking bad worker. He's perfectly fine. But I can mm. remember watching him doing those boxing intros and you go, this is a bloke you'd feel utterly confident having on like TV talk shows, sat on the sofa, guest appearances on TV and coming across really well. Better than mm. Reigns, I would imagine. Like someone who is just naturally captivating and engaging, you know, where you could do interesting things with his run, but that's not what this company does. Like it said in the chat, mm. they make moments, not stars. Indeed. Yeah. Well, we also had another big show this weekend. GCW die for this, and fuck me. Speaking of moments and stars. Oh, yeah. Um, WWE Hall (laughs) of Famer and former WCW World Heavyweight Champion, and I'd like to mention former NWA and TNA Champion. I I look at them as separate lineages. I'm pro. I'm progress's uh, current spokesman slash Tramia Rover's current spokesman um, (laughs) to add to his list of jobs. Yeah. And chairman John, of Global Force Gold. Yeah. 
Jeffy Cash or um, you know Johnny Jarrett, whatever. Like this kind of man in black routine came out with a Statson hat on, um, attacking Effie during Effie's state of Effie address, which I don't think is a bad thing that he interrupted it, and he did a he twatted him with the guitar over his head. It was it was very very funny. I laughed. I mean, it was all very like it all felt slightly awkward as he tried to take the remnants of the guitar back. I don't know why it was completely fucked. I think like I felt like we didn't give we definitely didn't give it enough notes. But like, like the Trammy progress stuff, all of that is like hilarious. The fact that Trammy Aroma is uh, somehow involved in the ownership of progress now, but the fact that Jeff Jarrett got involved and was the man promoting it on Twitter, and then he turns up at GCW and has like his big moment there too. Just absolutely hilarious. It has been a week of Jeff Jarrett, like how how this man finds himself in this position. Like I just feel like oh. I feel like it, this is being booked for us, JP. Kevin Nash is doing GCW in Detroit this mm. month, and now they bring in Jeff Jarrett. Like they're just dying for us to uh, to tune in here. I think Homicide uh, in the show you're about to go through results is now number one contender to the world title. Like. I feel like they're directly uh, appealing to my sensibilities right now. Oh, yeah, they are. And they got a bit of death match. You had Alex Colon beating John Wayne Murdoch to retain the GCW Ultraviolet Championship. Bit of you, that. Joey Janela versus Scotty Too Hotty before he embarks on his tour of the UK. Calvin Tankman defeating Yoya. The Briscoes um, defeating Blake Christian and Alex Zane to retain the GCW Tag Team titles. It was one of the things we spoke about on um, on Patreon when we did our... Um, grappies and crappies of the year but on the grappy awards in terms of promotion you look at gcw and the, and the kind of shit they're doing if nothing else they're unpredictable like there was you know we did the last preview of this we it were like we thought stuff would happen on it but fucking hell absolutely you know crazy shit and it would be perfect time if he's doing this run as well for me to get started on that Jeff long awaited Jeff Jarrett podcast, which I I, I should do. It's, isn't that that's locked in the drawer, isn't it, with the t-shirts? It is. <laughs> Be patient, folks. It's all coming. It's all coming. It is. Please give us a chance, folks. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So yeah, any thoughts? GCW. Not going to watch it anyway. Exciting stuff. I mean, big stuff's the uh, the Jeff Jarrett moment, obviously that we've uh, we've all seen. Fantastic, uh, a meme of a moment. But yeah, the uh, the I, I mean to be honest, the problem with the Briscoes tags in GCW has been they haven't really had the opponents to put them in there with them against Blake Christian and like saying is a is a match, you know. So that sounds interesting. But no, I'm just loving the fact that yeah, you say Homicide won that uh, that do or die rumble as well uh, to get himself a number one contender. I mean, I wouldn't ordinarily love that, you know company you know putting somebody in a, a nostalgia act which homicide is at this point you know 17 years past this prop uh, or whatever it is um in their in their uh in their big title match for their their big new york show coming up at a uh, hammerstein but i think it's it's i think it's you know gcw so you know why not why not do a nice thing like that why not do a nice nostalgic thing like that it's going to be a card full of moments like that and you know intertwined with you know the current stars your blake christians your alexanes of the world i think that's what you get with gcw so um i'm excited for it um at least well i mean you know my thoughts generally on a lot of like the gcw style and some of the names there but it is this stuff it is like again as we we talked about on 
you know, our year end awards shows that while a lot of it might not be for me, it's this side of things that they're just so good at. That hurt the Jeff Jarrett thing there, the stuff that they did with Matt Cardona, the stuff that they did with John Moxley and, you know, stretching back. They are fantastic about creating just these little buzzworthy elements that just get people talking about their products and, you know, if we, you know, look at this in in the future, and it's like Jeff Jarrett's going to be on a GCW show, will I be watching it? Absolutely, of course. You know, of course, I'll be be watching it just to, you know, just to to see what uh, what that is and and what it entails. And and again, I think it was just another classic, you know, example of them keeping themselves keeping the name out there. You know, in a in a especially in a busy week like we've got this week as well with you know all sorts going on with wwe and you know new japan and noah and all over the place you know they're still still keeping the name out there and still you know dominating timelines and um again this is the uh, this is the stuff that i do enjoy that uh, gcw presents and again obviously we've got scotty Tuati showing up at uh, tnt you've got alex uh Kalon in, he's showing up at tnt as well all these uh the streams they're all crossing here aren't they there's a there's some uh, there's some pro- progress mega show coming, Benno. That that is going to be our cup of tea. I think I can kind of uh, I, can, I can I can feel it, especially with um, the wrestling travel guys uh, TNT background as well. All these all these worlds uh, are uh, worlds are colliding. Let's get me to the show down the road first before uh, we start talking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Alex Cologne is the uh, the big draw for me. WH Park would sell people <laughs> on ears, but uh, maybe I'll be there. Maybe just for, yeah for the novelty. But Scotty Duarte is a bigger draw for me. But uh, but there we go. But speaking of things that are that are draws to some of us, speaking of promotions, uh, some of us are more into than others. Uh, we got one more set of results, eh, Gareth? Yeah, I mean. I'm a bit disgruntled here that this is behind GCW. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> You're more annoyed at that or that it'd be putting you third out of me, you and JP. I don't know. It's the it's the Noah behind GCW, but I suppose if Jeff's uh, <laughs> Jeff's involved Jeff's involved, isn't he? So uh, you know he's always gonna he's always gonna it's it is his it is his world after all, and he's a bigger a uh, big, big, big feature of the podcast, but yeah, obviously Noah ran their New Year event um, on New Year's Day um, back at um, the Budokan in Tokyo, uh, Japan. And, you know, again, I think as a, as a card as a whole, it was one that really stood out and was, you know, particularly noteworthy, really, just for, um, you know, some of the matches that were on the card. I think sort of the, the visual presentation of the event itself as well looked absolutely, absolutely great. And again, I think it was just a an, an excellent, uh, excellent way for Noah to, to start the year. It was headlined by a, you know, an excellent main event with um, Nakajima uh, going up against uh, Go Shiyazaki and ultimately uh, he got the the win in that particular match there but again it was just another prime example of Nakajima absolutely didn't you know knocking it out of the park and Shiyazaki showing that he hasn't missed a step really with his uh, comeback as well you know it's a it's a match that I went four and a half on it's um, you know averaging out at 4.46 on the on the app as well so it's you know it's a, a, essentially averaging out at a, a four and a half uh, star, star match on on that particular uh, on that particular one um, the match before it Keno against Kei Okiyamir again was excellent stuff. That was for the GHC national uh, title with uh, Keno getting the victory there. Again, it's another one that's averaging out at a, over a four stars. But it wasn't just about those two two matches, really. There was some there was some good tag tag team stuff on the on the card. The GHC uh, tag team championships were defended by Keiji Muto and uh, Marafuji against their M's Alliance uh, teammates uh, Mochizuki and uh, Masato Tanaka in you know what was a surprise 
surprisingly a, a very uh, very good, very enjoyable match, uh, despite Muta's uh, involvement. There was a cracking tag team um, match as, as, as well, or a six-man tag match with Sakuraba, Segura and Kenta, uh, uh, Taken on a uh, in Arba Kitamir and uh, Yoshiki Inamura, and again that was another uh, absolutely you know top draw top draw matches as, uh, as well, um, averaging out at three point eight four, so very close to to four star on that one on the uh, on the app as well, and definitely worth uh, watching for um, the interaction between uh, Kenta and uh, Yoshiki and Inamura on that one. Some absolutely. Excellent hard hitting stuff between those two, and um, yeah, they uh, they knocked hell out of each other. And uh, yeah, Kenta was uh, very uh, complimentary afterwards as well. And a really good um, junior heavyweight championship match as well, with Hayata beating uh, Yoshinari Agawa in, in that one as well. So, mm. all in all, for like a I think it was a 10 match card, the top five absolutely you know delivered. And where you talk about um, you know, more than you know, one or two matches on a card being something to, to pull people in. Thoroughly recommend, uh, thoroughly recommend this. You know, even if you just watch the the last five, it's worth a couple of hours of uh, anyone's time. Um, take it you watched it, JP. Yep, I did, and I'd wholeheartedly go along with that. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by her uh, Yoshinara Gawa, partly because you're kind of amazed that Gawa has been wrestling for like 36 years, and he's just still like like moving at quite an incredible speed. Uh, the Kenta and um, Yoshiki Inamura exchanges were just fucking class and it popped the crowd big time. And it just came away thinking, I want to see more of Ke- this Kenta in Noah. He's he's interesting in and of himself. He's someone who doesn't feel like he's kind of bullet club and should be away from all of that. And it's interesting on, on the eighth because he's teaming up with um, Segura Gun again. So that's going to be an interesting one. But I'd echo the thoughts as well. I mean, I thought Keno um, Kaitakiyomiya was was very good. And I went four stars on that. I went 4.25 on the main. Um, but I'm going to fancy a bit of a rewatch for it. Have to do it for match of the year anyway. So, you know, it's just a a really good start to the year. And to mention on the production values, the pre-match package for Nakajima versus Go was fucking tremendous. And it just goes from like, like this kind of quite emotional exchange of these two guys and their careers being kind of tied together to, and because we'd reviewed Die Hard not that long ago on Patreon, Ode to Joy. And just like loads of little bits kind of showing on uh, like all the stuff they were doing, like him doing a Sasaki Lariat and Go doing a um, Kobashi Moonsault. The whole thing was just brilliantly done. Yeah, and that stage that that was that was one of the best wrestling stage productions that I've seen in a, in a while. Just with the uh, the big uh, pro wrestling Noah in green on there, and then just with the Ooh. you know the video screen underneath, it looked beautiful. It looked and in 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 a, in a world where we often talk about people trying to present you know their product in a in a different way and look a bit different and be something that's eye catching to somebody who's maybe flicking on for the for the first time or watching it new. Um, I, th- I thought it looked absolutely absolutely fantastic stuff but um yeah all, all all in all it was just a one that just got me where we've talked about the new japan side of things and the, and the yeah new japan nowhere card not necessarily been the uh most exciting which i'm sure we're going to get to a, a bit later on but this was one for me it was just like all right here we go day one you know Noah's started the year in fine form here and i'm bloody excited for, for what's to come mm. take it you uh You'll be catching up, Benno, at some point. Come on, let's get to the previews, lads. Come on, <laughs> <It's> not spotlight. 
<laughs> I will. I will watch it though. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm another... half an hour. <laughs> well, yeah, if I if I had my way, we'd be doing half an hour on this next card that was also <laughs> on on the 29th, which I don't know if either of you watched. I managed to get around to watching it with like English commentary today, which again, shout out to Stuart Fulton because obviously him and Mark Pickering are, are like for Noah and they were as honestly excellent as always. However, and and Stuart Fulton as well also does like the kind of like it's like he does a voiceover bit for Noah doing like the English introductions before doing the commentary. But he was doing the commentary for Stardom, their big show on the 29th. Um, And again, he's also having to help someone who isn't a native English speaker and has very limited English as his co-commentator. I think it was Lady C. I think he had had in there in commentary. Um, Main matches from this, uh, I would say you had um, Donna Del Mundo, Himika, Micah, and Natsupoi defeated the Cosmic Angels teams of um, my, my Sakurai, Minish Irakawa, and Anagi Sayaka. That's for the Artists of Stardom, Stardom title. That's the Trios one. The high-speed title, um, Starlight Kids defeated Azumi and Kaguma. Um, and again, I, I thought for both of those, I was like three and a half stars on those. Um, Julia defeated Konami in a match for 12 minutes where they beat the shit out of each other. Great fun. Another three and a half star match. Konami's off. Julia's back in. They both were dressed up as a tribute to um, uh, Hanakamura. Um, Maya Iwatani and Takumi Aroha defeated Hazuki and Mama Watanabe um, in a in a sort of like, was considered a bit of a dream tag team match. That was excellent as well. Went 3.75 on that. Saya Kamatani defeated Tam Nakano to, to win the Wonder of Stardom title. Um, it, this was fucking brilliant. And on any other card, this would just be like the kind of match of the night. Um, I'm toying with going four and a half stars on this. I went 4.25 wow. out of sheer, um, um, like kind of um, like sheer cowardice. Because in the main event, Shuri defeated Itami Haya Shishita in another fucking belter. Um, and for this one, like, and I haven't put my rating in, in yet because I've watched it again. Um, I'm kind of settling in around four and a half, I think, as opposed to 4.75, which is what I went in the first one. But I think the first one caught me more by surprise than this one did. Um, but yeah, she uh, she won. So she's kind of unified the titles. Um, I'd listen to WH's thoughts on post S because I think one of the things he, he was very good about just getting rid of the SWA title, which is like a Gaijin title. But guess what? There's no fucking Gaijin there. Um at all. And they've had a couple of other new people debut from um, Ice Ribbon as well on their show they had on YouTube today. But this card, not me funny, it was fucking brilliant. Drew about 3,000, I think. I don't know what the Noah attendance is for um, for what they did at Budokan. You know, they're the third, they're the second, what is it, third most tickets sold in the country behind New Japan and Dragon Gate is stardom. Like kind of real growth. They're getting, you know, these shows are doing good numbers with an entirely domestic roster. I'm going to throw it out there, and this is a kind of big one, but there are shades of when New Japan were getting really good. And you've got someone like an Atami who is this kind of like prodigy figure who reminds you of an Akada. And Shuri, you know, in terms of her shit-kicking style, reminds you of a Shibata. And my Iwatani is very much like the Tanahashi of stardom, if anything, is the person who's kind of been there throughout it, helping it grow. They're fucking brilliant. Even if you don't like the aesthetic, I would just highly, highly recommend this show. 
I mean, when I saw when, when I when I saw the ratings flying in on on this on the app, there's some excellent excellent stuff coming in there, and I think you know the main the main thing that jumps out really is that main event because obviously I'm like quite deep in the numbers at the minute, just sorting out stuff for the Grapple 100 coming out in in, in January. So very much looking at match of the year stuff. The main event of this one, the um, Shuri Hayashishita uh, one, is like it's currently tracking as like the seventh best match of the whole of uh, the whole of last year, with like an average of four point six four overall. If you look at the sixth best match, it's the first match that they had back in June as well in Tokyo, which is averaging at like four point six eight. So literally, these two have got two matches in the top seven best matches that happened in the in the world in twenty twenty one last year. So you know, I think it's one of those where We'll often make fun of you know elements of you know, with stardom and you know obviously it's it's JP's uh, thing that he pushes and promotes a, a bit more. But you know when you're looking yeah, at something like this, you know when you when you're looking at something like this, it's you know it, it certainly makes me think. Well, you know, I, I need to be watching these at the at the very least. And you know, if you think of something been at, at the absolute top level, been an entry point for you. You know, maybe, uh, may, you know, maybe this is may, maybe this is it because when you've got two matches clearly of this uh, this caliber, and then it, it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just the you know those. I think when you you looked at the ratings for for other stuff that was happening on the card, so the the, the Kamitani, you know, Tam Nakano one that had an excellent rating. I think the tag match with um, Iwatani and Iroa against um, Watanabe and Tezuki that's got an excellent um, rating as well. You know, when I talk about and you know, in the Starlight Kid, um, uh, uh, Kaguma and um, AZM, I'm guessing we pronounce Azumi. that. Azumi, we pronounce uh, that one. Again, you talk about five matches on a card there that have, you know, they're literally, you know, talking about like four star plus matches uh, across the board. You know, we obviously did our, our awards show and for show of the year and things like that. From a match quality point of view, there's nothing actually that, compares to this when you when you're looking at it purely on match rating standpoint indeed well moving on from there we'll get into our weekend preview uh, section final yeah we are getting there everyone who's tuned out um but <laughs> no, it won't be that good the main show we're talking about here They'll come back, it'll be fine. <laughs> uh, we are going to get into uh, everything that's uh, that's going on uh, this weekend and uh, this week, sorry. And it's not just New Japan, there's AW to get into, there's Impact to get into as well. There's uh, lots going on this week, but it should feel like Wrestle Kingdom week and it doesn't. It really doesn't. Um, you know, I believe Meltzer's been putting the boot on on, uh, on Twitter today and I think in general it just... You know, just anecdotally, here people, you know, are we all are we booking Wrestle Kingdom off this year, lads? Have we got the fourth and fifth off? I haven't. Like, I'm working tomorrow. I suppose I can have it on while I'm uh, I'm working on my laptop. But you know, years gone by, I don't think that'd even be a consideration. It'd be a a massive uh, part of my year. But it is here. We got the first two days uh, midweek. And we've got the uh, the 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 versus Noah. Uh, speaking of which, uh, coming up at the at the end of the week, which we're we're going to get into as well. But yeah, you know, it is Wrestle Kingdom time, and and this is what we've got. You know, it's a rundown the other card from from day one, and we'll get into day two in the uh, the versus Noah card as well. From from day one, we got our, our pre show uh, Rambo, of course, uh, taking place. Uh, hopefully, that'll be a bit pull some nostalgia out me and uh, and get me excited uh, tomorrow morning. But we've also got Yo 
versus show. We've got a Tanahashi and apparently the team of mega coaches, Rocky Romero and Raisuke Taguchi against the Bullet Club, El Fantasmo, Kenta and Taji Ishimori. Yes, that is a throwaway six-man tag uh, on Wrestle Kingdom. We've got the LIJ team of Bushi, Sonada and Naito versus the United Empire team of Great Okan, Jeff Cobb and Will Ospreay. Again, Wrestle Kingdom. Um, Shibata versus an opponent that's still not yet been named. I think that's quite interesting. We can go through our mm. possible uh, thoughts on there and who that might be. We've got Ishii versus Evil in the uh, Never Open Weight title match because, of course, we've got to have a, a big uh, evil match to drag down our excitement <laughs> about evil. We've got Dangerous Techers, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. against Chaos of Goto and Yoshihashi. But El Desperado versus Hiromu in the Junior Heavyweight title match. And we've got our main events uh, for the IWGP World Heavyweight title, which will determine the main event for uh, for day two of uh, Shingo versus Okada. And, yeah, these are... Uh, these cards have been uh, out for a while, lads, but uh, yeah, now that we're, we, we are getting closer and that it is uh, tomorrow morning, we are we're all excited to set the alarm tomorrow morning uh, and get up and watch some Wrestle Kingdom. Not really. Um, <laughs> it's Where's that looks... Stars Fire gone, JP? Well, it, because this looks like a Sakura Genesis card. And I don't doubt over these over these shows there's going to be some excellent matches because, again, yeah. talking about it, we're going to be doing our match of the year Um podcast like very soon and one of the things like i noticed on that is how many matches come from last year's wrestle kingdom it's a point that we brought up in our sort of year-end awards and and things like that and it's just that you can have great wrestling matches like a takagi versus a card and despi and hiromu are are, you know that's a combination i'll always enjoy um you know shibata coming back and things like that i'm just not enthused by really any of it um at this point particularly you know evil fucking stinking up the place and trust me if he wins that like abari you're in for some like you're in for some deep shit next time and you're gonna from me but i'm I'm not remotely kind of i look at the day one i'm not really enthused by it. i expect the main event to be tremendous and the semi-main as well but what are they going to do in order to make it exciting and like when you're still putting out like kind of pointless multi-men on there and um they're opening up with yo versus show which for me on this card should be featured slightly more down the list i think you can open up with your fucking multi-man shite on there as well it's yeah it's really that day one i'm i'm very unenthused by it Mm. yeah and you know shingo card is on there so you know (laughs) does it yeah Potential match of the year there, you know, Despi Hiromu, you know, Despi's no slouch. I enjoy him in a in a big match situation. There's, there's stuff there, but I don't know, Gareth. Like, is, is there anything there that's that you're particularly excited to see, like match wise, anything standing out? I mean, I know we talk, we like we referenced this like a couple of weeks ago when we first got sight of the card, and we talked about like that. I don't know that lack of excitement that came out from a lot of the what looks like filler being on this card as obviously you've got people on you know working different matches on day two and then you know just been plugged into the cards for, for, for day one just been in, in, in tag matches and things I mean they're the ones that obviously you're looking at and you just sort of take them with a grain of salt but I think the nearer we've got to it and you know, as I'm starting to think about like, oh, tomorrow morning, getting up, it's Wrestle Kingdom, you know, I'm not in work, you know, it's, I, I definitely am starting to get that element of excitement about it, whether it's ill-placed, whether this is, uh, whether this is uh, me clinging on, I don't, I, I don't know. I think, I think probably I'm a little bit excited 
really bit of, because I've taken a bit of a break from New Japan as well, and I've almost like had that headspace of like I'm just leaving the end of the year to just run out here, and then we'll kind of you know pick up again at Wrestle Kingdom and reset, and hopefully everything's going to feel a bit fresher, and you know I'm going to be a bit more invested in some of these people having had a little bit of a break from them and things. So there is stuff here that I'm looking at and I'm thinking. And, it is going to be good. Like Yo versus Show, I'm the opposite of JP there. I was delighted to see that starting because I think that's going to be an absolute cracker. And I think in terms of just putting a match on there first, that's just going to hopefully set the tone and then go out and have a banger initially, just to you know get the get get you know what crowd there is up and things, and just kind of just get you excited early early on. I, I'm I'm totally up for that one, and you know I'm very very excited about those two working together because I know they've got an excellent match in them. Top two, you know, the De- Despi Hiromu and uh, Shingo Akada. Like, both those matches to me, they can't fail to be, you know, elite, very strong matches, especially with the time that they'll be given as well on a card like this. They're going to, you know, they're going to get get the opportunity to just go out there and, you know, have the, the best possible match for, for, for both of these. You know, I think those three matches alone, where you look at something, I think they're going to be, you know, they're going to be all good and, and something that I'm going to be excited about. The Shibata stuff's interesting. Again, okay, it's like grappling and things like that. There is that intrigue that's aligned to it of, to you know, what it's going to be like, who's he facing and things, where does it go from here? There's that that element to it. So there is that element of intrigue there for me. You know, I'm, pr- I'm probably looking at this and thinking, you know, four to five things that are on this, on this show are things that I'm expecting to be very good or they're things that I'm, you know, got a decent level of interest in, in in as well so i don't know maybe going in a little bit more open-minded i just i, I just feel like let it let, let this one you know play out and, and and see where see where we're at and i'm just you know yeah your mega coaches and tanahashi against bullock club yeah go and get the kettle on for that one you know go and uh, go, go and get the coffee uh, <laughs> go and get the coffee going know that it's something that don't need to be after uh, be invested in too too deeply you know likewise the lij united empire match that's, that's immediately after it i can uh, i can wake up while those are on and then um and then uh, get ready for for the business to come after that do we have any like b- better guesses now or a bit closer on the Shibata match? I mean, just looking at the the, the public chat there, Rory mentioned Sakuraba. Yeah. That was potentially with the Noah relationship. Uh, mm. I don't know the fact that they haven't announced it, JP, does that tip it at all? Because I think if it was just a regular member of the New Japan roster, surely they would have by now. They, yeah. You, it's got to be someone that's going to get a pop now, you would think, you know, somebody that's going to be a, a nice surprise. I just don't really have any line on who that could be. I'm only thinking kind of like Minoru Suzuki or Sakuraba as mm. people to kind of carry that. And I can get not announcing Minoru Suzuki because he's kind of like, other than being in tag league with Takamishinoku, he's not been any kind of a featured part and he's kind of perfect to bring in for five minutes. He'd be able to work the style as well. So, I mean, so is Sakuraba in fairness, but um, they would be the ones for me um, mm-hmm. like as, as, as the kind of obvious ones. Otherwise, like, Unless you're talking about bringing in the young lion specifically for the show, but I think all of them are pretty you much. Would have announced it, wouldn't you? Though if it was yeah. in line, you think like exactly. you know, don't put them in that spot. Yeah, I, it wonders whether or not there's a bit of a bait and switch. But if you're wanting a big pop from the dome, Minoru Suzuki mm. seems like the kind of no-brainer one to have mm. then. Maybe. I mean, Ben asks there, uh, what's the other uh, Greg's uh, run match this year? Well, Lij United Empire. <laughs> on day one, it's pretty much a given. But day two, JP has got you know uh, got a couple more candidates as well. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, good old day two. All right, it gets even better. Um, for a card that really should just be one card, which would be great mm. with all these matches mixed together. Can't make that point, and he's absolutely right. Yeah, he's, mm. it's, and it will always be the way of these two-day events, frankly. Mm-hmm. I think we're always going to feel this way about them. Well, you've got the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team title match with Flying Tiger, uh, Robbie Eagles and Tiger Mask. Um, the champions didn't know that at all. Um, versus mega coaches Rocky Romero and Raisuke Taguchi versus Bullet Club's cutest tag team of El Fantasma and Taiji Ishimori. Um, the Stardom Showcase tag match uh, Mai Iwatani and Starlight Kid versus Saya Kamatani and Tam Nakano. Um, there's the King of Pro Wrestling title four way match. I don't think anyone's been announced for it. Let's just assume Toriano's there. Let's probably assume someone like, I don't know, fucking Chase Owens is on there, whatever shite um, will be on there as well. Um, the Rambo, isn't it? Is, it? is that not it? That's the step. Oh, is it? Mm. That shows you how much I give a shit. Really, <laughs> doesn't it? I couldn't even be asked to find that out when finding out these <laughs> cards today. Um, never open weight six man tag team title match. House of Torture, Evil Show, Yujiro against Chaos, uh, Hiroki Goto, Yo and Yoshihashi. Sonata versus Great Okan, which is on this as a singles match for reasons. Um, Tetsuya Naito versus Jeff Cobb. Um, and then in the US heavyweight title, no DQ match, Kenta versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. And then the winner of Shingo uh, Takagi versus uh, Kazuchika Okada will be taking on Will Ospreay. Um, for the IWGP World Heavyweight title, or the World Heavyweight title, depending on whether or not Okada wins, decides to scrap the new belt, and we basically do a Bobby Ewing with the world title. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what an analogy. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know, like the the ghost of Kenta in there with, with Tanahashi, I mean, okay. Like I've brought I've again Kenta, you know, you know I'm not the biggest Noah guy out of us, but Kenta and Noah is far more exciting than pretty much anything he can do in, in New Japan at this point. You know, him being second from top at this point in his career, I just can't say him into Naito and Jeff Cobb. You know, Jeff Cobb's put in some good performances, you know, th- mm-hmm. this year. You know, Naito's talking retirement already in interviews today, I saw, and you know, he's getting to that point in his career unbelievably already. But you know, there, there could be something in that. Where you lose me with this card, it's Sonata Great Okan. Like you asked me, McGregor's match that will 100% be a Greg's match. Might have to make multiple trips to Greg because I think over these uh, next couple of days, or Sayers, mate, as well. <laughs> Might have to do a Sayers run as well. Yeah, mix it up, go get a coffee at some point from a local Starbucks. Uh, I'll t- yeah. t- 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 tell you what, Sonata Okan might even be a Greg's match for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that says it all. Get Gareth back to Greg's. Um, yeah, nah, you've got a um, you've got a lovely Saturday to the end of your road, mate. You'll be all right. Pop there. Um, House of Torture against Chaos. I mean, that's another one. Like I know it's the never six man titles, but let's not pretend those belts mean anything. That's a that's another meaningless six man across stretch across these two days. Like I know we make jokes about my interest in Stardom along with Noah, but I do think that that tag is going to be one of the more exciting things on the show because they're going to go out there with something to prove in front of a massive crowd with the world watching and we caught can actually all watch it you know properly this year on on new japan world to be honest that's looking like one of the most exciting things on this card because you know day one's bad enough but i'm struggling to find anything to interest me there on there on day two outside of that yeah if i was a bit optimistic about day one day two it almost this this has got a very much an a block b block feel to it kind of thing in terms of your uh, enthusiasm for um for, for something because as i look at this one i'm oh, sanada great okan is like that is 
you know, if you've got a stable called House of Torture, that is the fucking House of Torture for me. That one. Sorry, yeah. they, should, they, should, they should just take the uh, take the uh, title for the group over that and just slap it on that match. Naito against Jeff Cobb. Likewise, you know, I've I've been impressed with Cobb in um, New Japan from what I've seen in the last twelve months, but I've just got no interest in in Naito personally. I've got no interest in this this as a as, as a matchup. It just doesn't. It, it feels like it doesn't have any you know real sort of like jump out any real standing on the on the card something to get like massively invested in i'm sure they'll deliver i'm sure they'll have a decent four star match kind of you know and you know it's 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 going to be something that's that's good but it's it's not something to just to to be getting me excited about wrestle kingdom at this point it does feel to me like it's a one or two match card, really. You know, the main event, obviously, I'm guessing, you know, I think we'd all be guessing it's going to be a card against Osprey. Mm-hmm. You know, that those two together have, you know, have got the possibility of, you know, putting an absolutely not just a match of the year level match on. You know, it could be a match of a decade level match or something like that. We've seen Shingo Osprey deliver that in the past in the Best of Super Juniors final as well. So, again, we know that if it goes the other way, it's likely to be a, you know, absolutely, you know, Tippy top uh, match from that point of view. Just not that interested. I'm just not <laughs> that invested or interested in Will Osprey. Osprey, to be honest, at this point either. It's 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 one of those where, um, again, I don't like his character in New Japan. I don't like any the way he's been presented at all. Don't, you know, the, the the whole thing of him being there just doesn't. I'm not as invested in as I would have been like a couple of years ago. Kenta Tanahashi again. It'll be it'll be it'll be fine. It'll be it'll be good enough. I think my um, my I think the no disqualification aspect for that, I'm not sure if that's going to bring more or less um, quality into the in, in, into the match in terms of like levels of engagement. But all in all, this just looks very, very weak. Obviously, Connor's mate, you've referenced Connor making the point in the chat. It's something that we talked about a couple of weeks ago as well on the show. This just screams one day Wrestle Kingdom and let's cut half of the shit out of the two days of the card here and just present something that's you know has that more elite feeling because um because day two just largely feels unnecessary by the uh, by the main event yeah i'd like to mention what john mentions in the chat there as well about the winner of cob night pretty much gives away the winner of the main event assuming it's card or osprey of what the next direction is which kind of is the problem i think with this card if you look at it it's like well we've got united empire versus lij on day one and on day two we've got some singles matches it's the most uninspired way for booking that you can possibly find and it kind of taps into the big problem that these very very stale factions are dominating everything that they do around rather than it being just individuals which would be a much more interesting dynamic there um and to mention about the stardom showcase match what's intriguing is that both teams are made up of kind of rivals saya kamatani just defeated tam nakano in that belter semi-main on the stardom show for the wonder of stardom title and my and starlight kids is basically going to be end up in a feud with my iwatani at some point because they had a mentor mentee relationship and starlight kid has turned heel so i think what they're planning on doing with that match as much as anything is they'll hint at some future directions that they'll be doing as well for 2022 um and I can see themselves going absolutely hell for leather because all four of them are fucking great. But can they coexist, JP, then? 
<laughs> I don't think you'll get dipshittery in the match because they all had to have the idea was I think on the stardom shows. Yeah, like you know, just the fucking nonsense. I'm not talking like Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin becoming partners. You know, for fuck's sakes, here we go. Um, but I think for this one, like as much as anything, they all had to have matches to compete because they all realise it's a big deal for them individually to be on on the dome. So. I think there's their kind of storyline reason for them having like a kind of excellent match. It doesn't mean they'll, you know, they're not, they're not going to do a Basham Brothers and turn up on the Tokyo Dome pretending that everything's <laughs> fucking fine. Um, it'll play into the stories. But that's a second match showcase match. And we're talking that as being possibly could have been the second best match on the card. Like that's fucking disturbing if you're New Japan. Mm. I'll be fascinated to know what the attendance is and we'll know by how dark the stadium is at that point mm-hmm. in time. And I think we'll get a real idea. I don't have really much of a clue. I haven't been checking up on what the on what the, the um, attendance is going to be like for this, but is it capped? Mm. Not sure. I don't know. Got to be honest. Mm. <laughs> I mean... Obviously, moving on from that, we've got a third day of Wrestle Kingdom this year. We've got a... Two wasn't enough. When you said, when you're screaming out for more, they give you more, and it's uh, the big New Japan versus uh, Noah card that's happening on the 8th of Jan. Um, again, that's one that's in a Yokohama arena, and it's one where I think... Initially, the idea, the concept of this through quite a lot of um, excitement and people posting their, you know, dream cards and people getting into fantasy booking territory. I know I was um, thinking about some of the uh, possibilities here of things been paired up. I mean, I don't think we need to get into the weeds of this one too much in terms of a preview at this stage. I think what, you know, what we can say is, is that there's a lot of tag teams, six-man tags, eight-man tags um, along the way. And while there are some interesting, fun elements to it, I think that you're seeing certain people on the other side of the ring to each other and, you know, you're going to get these little interactions between them. Um, Largely, it doesn't feel like it's something that, you know, it sort of feels an element of a missed opportunity, I would would say, from from my perspective. But, I mean, when you look at some of the, some of the matches that are on there, you know, you've got LIJ versus Congo in the, in the main event. So, you know, you're going to be seeing the likes of uh, Nakajima and Keno in there with uh, Shingo and uh, Tetsu and Ito and Hiromu, which, again, for those small interactions, is going to be fun. It is going to be interesting as well. You know, behind that, you've got um, Hiroshi Tanashi and uh, uh, Kazuchika Okada up against Keio Kiyomiya and Keiji Muto. So we can all look forward to Kiyomiya taking yet another pin um, in that one as uh, Muto... Um, you know, stands uh, not necessarily stands tall, but uh, certainly won't be standing defeated uh, after that one. But um, again, I think it's one where, again, from a level of interest point of view, just seeing Kiyomiya get to be in the ring with Tanahashi, get to be in the ring with Akada, it is something that's um, that's definitely of interest at this stage. 
Um, the, you know, we've got Suzuki going against uh, Segera Gun, so we've got Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, and Takamichinoku in there against um, Sakuraba, Segera, and um, Kenta obviously joining the uh, three from from that side of things. That's you know, again, I think that's another intriguing one that where you've got your you know Suzuki uh, mixing it in there again with Sakuraba and, and Segera, and obviously the the Kenta aspect of him, you know, being on the Noah side for for this element. I think that's that's interesting, but. Um, and, and then I think beneath that, you've got Marafuji and Agawa up against um, Kanemaru and Zack Sabre Jr., which, again, I think those interactions, you know, there's people who know more about the backstories is there than than me. But, you know, I think the Agawa, Zack Sabre Jr. side of things should be, you know, particularly of in- interest. I think Marafuji's um, uh, sneakily had a good last six months as, uh, as well. So, you know, he's, uh, he's going to de- de- deliver there. But, again, I think it's uh, it, 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 it's one of those that feels like, interesting to a level fun to a level essential doesn't feel like it you know what it people perceived it was going to be in their heads before um before any of the matches were were announced absolutely not uh, i don't know if uh, you're any more excited about this one than me Benna. No, I think you've summed it up there, really, mate. I mean, if anyone was going to be excited, it'd be you. And, you know, you're picking your bits there. You know, you're picking out the... It's like someone served a terrible meal to you, and you're like, yeah, but the, the, the potatoes are still good, you know? It's like a shit, that shit Sunday roasting peep show when the chicken wasn't cooked. It's like, ah, oh, but, you know, if you cut here, you got a little bit of good chicken still. It's it's not pink in that bit. Like, that's that's what this card is. Um, you know, like, even for someone like yourself, who would have been, you know, dreaming of, of a Noah versus New Japan card this year, and... There were many, many, you know, again, as we talked about on Spotlight a few weeks ago, JP, there were many, you know, avenues here where you could have done just something a bit more interesting. Yes, mm. we're not idiots. We know it wasn't going to be a eight, you know, first-class singles matches. There was obviously going to be multi-bands. There was obviously going to be liberal use of the stables. But even counting that in, like I say, you know, I suppose LIJ versus Congo is, could be a, a dream match stable you know, batch for some, but you know, did Muto need to be in that main event? You know, you take him out, you put in, you know, Nakajima. You put, you put. To be honest, you take people. But my take on this from the start has been, you take Nakajima and Keno out of that that main event and put them here instead, and immediately this card is well more interesting. Tanahashi and Okada you know, against those mm-hmm. two. You know, there you go. You have got big hitters in the same match, and instead, you know, Kato Kiyomiya has got to drag Kiji Muto along with him um, for what is probably the most interesting match on a not very interesting card yeah it, it, what it smacks of and i think at the, at the time the reason i was so annoyed about it was they announced it all of the way that the promos and all of the build-up to this including the fucking pre-show for the press conference itself where they announced the matches were people talking about what singles matches they wanted to see mm-hmm. and at no point did um katoge versus show come up there as the as the dream singles match that anyone wanted to see. As soon as it sold out, they took what was frankly a very lazy option. Um, mm-hmm. I'm fine with LIJ versus Congo. If you had two singles matches above that, mm-hmm. then you're fi- then I'm fine with that type of stuff. There's interactions that's funny, uh, you know, that, that look fun. But then we're getting into a WWE mindset of moments, momentary mm-hmm. exchanges between people. The idea, mm. like, and, and then, it, it, you know, some things are completely stank up. So you've got Masaki Amir and Go Shiyazaki, who I think are two of the best aspects of Noah, and they're in, in there against Dick Tova, Togo and Evil. And that's the other problem with this card. You can predict who's going to get pinned. Now, yeah. that is really, really bad. And don't get me wrong, I think there'll be some fun exchanges. I think the crowd will be as hot as they possibly can be. 
for some of this stuff. There's no guarantee they'll do anything else afterwards because, you know, they're not known for their kind of flexibility, are they, Japanese wrestling promotions when it comes to this. You know, they're very much sort of stuck in their ways. So the whole thing feels, again, like a gigantic missed opportunity. And if you're New Japan, this is how you sleepwalk into trouble because it still seems that at their very core, they're taking a, like, and we talk about this with all these cars, they're taking a fuck of a lot for granted. There's a lot of goodwill they're kind of putting almost away. So we're going, we'll make you pay for two Wrestle Kingdom shows, not one. And, you know, as Connor mentions in the chat, 30 quid UK, $35 for a series of multi-mans and tags. Nah. Cheaper than front row progress. <laughs> there is that. There is. Um, yeah, you can't argue with that, can you? I mean, but we host the podcast. We host the wrestling podcast. We're gonna review this. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Spotlight's gonna be Saturday night, Saturday night. And even we're like, do we really want to spend our money on this? Do we even want to spend grapple money on this? It's thirty quid for this. Like, just. No, like, oh, it's yeah, that, that's the biggest kick in the teeth. Connor's absolutely right. Great comments yeah. from Connor tonight, by the way. He's like the fourth host tonight, so I'm enjoying it. He's on Most of all, it's lazy, is what it is. And like, the, like I say, we what was relying on Connor? <laughs> <laughs> it was, but it worked out fine. Like I say, we felt like being lazy and it worked. Well done, Connor. Um, yeah, it, it's just so fucking lazy of them mm. it's just where where i am with this and you, you know I, we we talked about it's a shame for noah because they're coming off a really good card and and ultimately noah i think are going to be the beneficiaries of all of this because they are being presented now as being on a level with new japan really in this and they'll be expecting parity for the most part um and i could see them if it goes on last i could see them winning the the lij congo match because there's enough people like your bushies to be around to take the fall so and and you know like come back to us again it's not good when you can do all the when you can basically predict all of the results when you can also predict who's going to be being pinned that's Mm. fucking trouble Am I, a, am I a moron for thinking this might lead to something more? Like this is, I'm looking at, I'm, I'm looking at this card and thinking like you don't want to blow your load on day one, do you? And like maybe you want to need a bit of setup for things to come. Like so, I'm looking at this and thinking like actually, is this something that's going to be the catalyst for maybe you know, three or four, three, three or three or four you know feuds that come out of it? Mm. Kenta's, you know. To, Obviously, Kent has got the US title currently, kind of thing, but he's, you know, sitting on the Noah side and things like that. Obviously, it's, you know, the Tanashi match is going to lead into that a, a, a little bit more. But do you think this is a one and done, or do you feel like it is something that's going to, there's going to be, you know, two or three follow ups um, out of the back of this over the course of the year? I think they'll be follow ups, but I don't think they'll be stronger than this. Like, I mean, they're yeah. charging good for this. What are they going to charge for them? One sixty, you know? Like, I just, yeah. I, I think you're probably right in some ways. I think, I mean, they'll pure, they'll surely be using some of these matches to set up at least a couple of more interesting matches out of this. Maybe singles matches that take place on proper New Japan cards. Uh, maybe that will be the the the, the idea. But I can see there being more cards, but I can't see them being much stronger than this. Don't know about you, JP. I'm I'm still quite sceptical because, um, let's be honest, New Japan's a moody fucker and they fall <laughs> out with people and they get stroppy and they get an overinflated self-worth. Um, mm. You know, we just talked about being an ex that never quite understands why they're at fault for anything in the relationship at all. It's just very much set in their ways. 
very attractive, but ultimately you're wasting your fucking time. And <laughs> like I, 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 and I feel that way about like like them for this. We we've been down this road before. G1 finals, great brawl between Shibata and Nakajima went nowhere. Like mm-hmm. ultimately, I still think there's the bad blood of when New Japan effectively owned Noah and like lost like a third of their audience when they booked Suzuki gun on top and mm-hmm. really kind of fucked over it. And that sort of stuff matters. You saw their reaction to fucking impact when they were like, you misused a carder to which people who weren't working at the company at the time going, what the fuck are you on about? Like we clearly wouldn't do that today. They hold grudges and things like that. I think they do this. They do this for the money. I think they'll talk a good game about some stuff. They'll tease some stuff and then some stupid childish macho bullshit will happen and they'll fucking all decide that the dick swinging contest is over and they'll pack off to their own locker rooms. Hmm. Yeah. Very cynical. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, well, you know, we've got all the previews to get to. And the funny thing about this is, you know, this is, you know, titled our Wrestle Kingdom preview and everyone's heard of. I was going to say varying levels of excitement, but I think we're all at the same level. Like the next show we're going to talk about, we're about to talk about some AEW shows coming up. Like, I don't even think Wrestle Kingdom is the most interesting show happening on the 5th of January this year, because I am much more excited this week about the shows we're about to talk about now and our and AEW's um, week coming up. I mean, I suppose they've done a great job of, you know, Believe it or not, folks, Dynamite's on Wednesday as they move to TBS. That's a massive show. Rampage is on Friday, um, you know, and that'll be, I'm sure, it'll be a decent show. And then Battle of the Belts is on Saturday, but I feel like they've forgotten about that. I think once they found out they weren't getting a three-hour Clash of the Champions special and it's this one-hour slot on, uh, on Saturday night, I think they kind of half-stopped caring about that. But that's coming up as well. It's a, it does still feel like a like a big week for AEW and... Yeah, the, the big show of the week to me is uh, this AW kick off uh, kicking off on uh, on TBS with Dynamite on Wednesday and and starting big. Um, we've they've stacked this card. Uh, we've got a uh, Adam, Adam Page versus Brian Danielson is obviously the uh, the big match of the night as far as uh, as far as uh, the news goes. I wonder if they'll kick off with that again at the start of the show. A world title match with uh, with three judges. Maybe we can uh, predict who we we think the judges are going to be. But it's not the only thing on that show. Lucha Brothers uh, against Jurassic Express is on the show as well for the uh, for the tag titles. TBS title tournament final is on the show in Ruby Soho against Jade Cargill. We got Malachi Black against Brian Pillman Jr. in a in a roster as big as. AWs don't really understand why Brian Pillman Jr. has, has gotten this spot for the uh, the built up Malachi Black match, but it's a match with Bill, so that's taken place. And there's a there's an MJF, uh, I think it's always an open challenge on the show as well. Mm-hmm. JP, it's a you know it's a, it's a stacked little dynamite card. It might all be moot. Might just get uh, Page and, uh, and Danielson if they uh, they go the full hour, and we got the uh, the judges there there as well. But yeah, lot going a uh, lot going on this uh, this dynamite card and yeah it looks like a a big week for AEW and a, and a big uh, big show uh, with them kicking off on TBS yeah i mean like you say there about fifth you know on the fifth the the big show the one that you are interested in this is the one i think it's you know i think with you know we obviously talked about the Angman page danielson match that they recently had and then wondering about the direction you know, on the back of that, I think having this come around so quickly after the back of that one, like I think it really, you know, it's 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 needed, and I think it's you know excite, exciting on the back of it, and certainly is going to, you know, help I suppose steer the ship at the top of the card in terms of where things go and help them, you know, build the uh, build the storylines around it from 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 that standpoint as well. So, you know, I think 
having you know obviously recently seen that last one this is one that absolutely excited about certainly more excited about it than the um the, than the vast majority of things on the wrestle kingdom card on the on, on the same day i think you know the the Lucha Brothers Jurassic Express matches, you know, got potential to just be one of those, you know, low-key bangers that you're really uh, into and uh, really, really, you know, interesting there because I think there's definitely some good chemistry between uh, some of uh, some of those lads as uh, as, as well. Um, and then also, I, th- I think while from a match quality standpoint, I think the Ruby Soho Jade Cargo one's not one that I'm like, you know, jumping for the uh, hills for to to see from that perspective. Mm. I think just it being a tournament final and it clearly something that they've built towards and got ideas around and things like that. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I think it's another one of those instances where you're just intrigued to see what happens and what the direction is going to be on the, uh, on, on, on the back of it. And um, yeah, like, um, like Simon Mulvaney in the chat, um, I'm very much hoping to see uh, um, Malachi Black just absolutely murder Brian Pillman Jr. in about three seconds flat or something like that. I think we're getting a nice uh, a, a nice finish to to that one. But I'm, I think with that world title match, it, you know, it feels, you know, I, my main expectation is that it's going to be the decisive win for Hangman that he needs, but you're going into it not 100% sure. And I don't, I don't know where my percentage lies on who I think is going to be a win in that match. But I think there's that there's, there's sufficient um, doubt in my mind there as well that just, um, again, makes it not feel like a formality and definitely uh, adds to the, the excitement of that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested in the results of that one. Like, I, Really, if I'm booking, I'd put Danielson over. I just... I would have done a better job with Hangman in this intervening time. I would have given him more to do, or to make it more of the show, part of the show. I'm part, that's what's making me think there's no way he's dropping the belt now. They, they're giving him something before putting the belt on Danielson. But I'd still put the belt on Danielson. I think he'd be a great AEW World Champion, a great man to build the company around. The Hangman page story has been told now. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. It probably won't happen. Where do you want it, JP? I think Paige is winning. I think mm. if I was going to predict how, see, this is the difficulty with this show because it's the length of this match dictates on how good everything else is. Because mm. if, this, if this goes close to an hour or takes up an hour of TV time, there's a lot of kind of quite important stuff that then you're fitting into the into the into the next hour, and they'll have skits and adverts and everything else. So I kind of predict that it'll end up in one of those situations where Adam Page kind of catches like a kind of sneak pin. Or something along mm. those lines. I think they'll mm. they'll do that. Like for whatever reason, he's able to hit the buckshot kind of out of nowhere, or something along those lines. So, but there'll be an element of distracting something in there that will make you know Brian Danielson have some sort of justifiable reason to kind of get angrier. But it doesn't feel like they're ending um, Adam Page now uh, at this point. In terms of the other stuff, I'd be putting that belt on Jade Cargill. Like mm. Ruby Soho doesn't need the belt. Jade Cargill, if you're very much thinking for like a new audience on TBS, given a TBS title, it's, you know, new, fresh, different for what the TBS title will be. It'll be a lot of her kind of beating a lot of the mid cards of the women's division anyway. So I don't like, she's a look. She immediately stands out, has that bit of presence you know, so I'd be going with that. I also think this will be where we'll see Brody King debut in House of Black. And then that'll lead to the tag team match against Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison, where Julia Hart will become a goth. 
I'm into that. There's been a lot of goth talk on this show today. There's a lot of goth girlfriend. That's another uh, title possibility. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, 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 I could see that happen. I'm with you on that. What do you think from a TBS perspective? Are you expecting like mega numbers? Have, have you have you read much to see like any predictions or anything uh, around what that might? Because obviously things have no. been taking a bit more of a positive turn in the last last couple of weeks, and we know how mm. these Americans find it difficult to find different channels. It's the next one up, <laughs> yeah. apparently. Yeah. Well, I mean, you say that like it's it'd be easy. like watching it'd be it'd be like watching Sky Sports football and going, I can't find Sky Sports news. I'm not even going to bother to try and look. You can go four oh five, you lazy shitbag, or whatever it is these days. It's like it's not that. You know what happened. Um, you know what'll happen? I, I, I don't know. I, I'm bullish. I think you're right, Gareth. I think they've not turned the corner fully, but you know, it's been a more positive momentum the last you know few weeks as far as the overall number goes. The demo was good this week. Um, yeah, I, I you know, overall numbers wise, I'd be quite bullish. Big match too. I think that's what we're finding. It's like you know, we can have this big conversation at another point, but you know, we've we've all scratched our head going, what the fuck going on? The show's good. And I just feel like, yeah, the show being good doesn't seem to be enough you know for for people to tune in you need big you need you know a reason i suppose you need a big draw and a big match or a big angle or it just needs to feel important i think for 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 the viewers to come and this feels important and i think having that match there is going to be enough i think i'm i'm expecting 1.1 to 1.2 million overall i think i'm expecting a strong demo maybe in the range of what raw has been doing the last few weeks um yeah i'm i'm ready to look stupid but yeah i feel quite bullish on the jp no West Coast either to uh, to answer. I was going to say the yeah the West Coast thing isn't an issue, is it? So I was going to say good work, Connor, um, doing the work. <laughs> I, I agree with what Connor says, um, but on, honestly, to God, I mean, I I kind of I'm I'm probably slightly more like kind of conservative when it comes to this now, and I'm going to say about nine fifty. The things that we can't tell is how much this is being promoted across TNT and TBS. Obviously, they've bought the rights to hockey and things like that. Are they plugging it on that? Like, there, there is NBA at the moment. There isn't NBA. I can't tell. I don't think there is. Is there? So it depends on how big, how big they're pushing this as being a thing about them going to TBS as being a big deal. It's literally like it's really weird. They've got basically the same clearance. It give or take is the kind of same station in terms of a lot of the content they have, and it's one number up. It's literally like channel plus. It's not fucking hard. Like. You'd like to think, I mean, but whether or not that's a deal break for people. So I'll say 950. In terms of the three judges, I haven't got a clue. Old boys, David Crockett Jr. Yeah. I've heard people say Kenny as one, and that'd be a nice swerve to make Kenny pick the winner if they go to a draw. I, I wouldn't be against that because you could do theoretically, you know, Jericho turn back up on, on Dynamite last week looking like death, but you know, you could have him stood there with Jarrett with with Kenno, with, you could have him, Kenny Mox. I'd like Jarrett, yeah, but Jarrett, Nash, Nick Gage, they'd be my choices. But you could have, you know, the three former champions, couldn't you? That could be the gimmick, you know, Moxley's. But then you want to bear Moxley's return on that. I suppose that's not that's the, the thing going against that. But Flair. And, Legends, I think, Gareth. Flair. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I haven't, oh. seen t- haven't seen Big Tone this week. It wouldn't surprise me if Flair, um, if, if Flair, Flair Hogan, Flair Funk, Funk Steamboat, <laughs> <laughs> Bret Hart. It might be a nice lead into the Owen Hart stuff. Get Brett on your telly again. Could see that too. Yeah. Uh, any any uh, guesses on the old boys, JP? If it is old boys. Oh, fucking hell. Baron Von Raschke back again. 
Um, <laughs> like, it's it, impossible it to kind of say. It depends on which of the old crew they've got sat around there, don't they? Or yeah. whether or not they're going to be looking people like, are they going to go down the route of here's Christopher Daniels, for example, and we're going to choose him, and it'll be someone who is kind of Jerry Lynn, for example, like those types of people. Don't really know. Um, they're in Newark, New Jersey, so I was thinking, well, who are they going to bring out there for a big pop who's kind of obvious for that? And it's... Enzo Amore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely Enzo Amore. And I can't say that being any any other problems. And people are feeling good about Tony Khan at the minute. So, yeah. Flair, Arn, Tully. If you do Arn yeah. and Tully, that would be... <laughs> I like Darren, uh, Darren's assessment here. Jack Whitehall, there you go. Tony Khan's best <laughs> Triple H, Sean says. Um, in terms of that Probably. battle of the belts, Probably, yeah. yeah. In, in terms well, of that ba- battle of the belts, just wanted to kind of mention on that. What a weird idea. If it's a one-hour TV, it doesn't seem fucking worthwhile. Like, other yeah. than some extra bit of space, but a one-hour special on a Saturday night in the first, you know, why? Yeah, when well, you've already got two of the shows. Yeah, you've already got two of the shows. You build up, you've paid a lot of money for this content as well. But it's how they're going to sell that arena out. What are they going to do? They're not going to pre-record Dynamite, not going to pre-record Rampage. What they're going to have a load of dark and dark elevations. Oh, it's Rampage Live. Well, no, but it'll probably be pre-taped along with Dynamite and whatever the Wednesday is. Oh, I see. Yeah. So So like, so they're not going to want Dynamite spoilers to come out. So it didn't really make any sense. Unless I've missed something and they're recording there as well. It's, it's just like they're going to have this no, right. special. It's it, like... From Charlotte? Who's going yeah. to want to go? Ric Flair, <laughs> if they'll let him in. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm coming back around, Gareth. You know, it's a joke. Are they going to bring out Ric Flair? But it is still Charlotte. You know, that's... That's, your, that's you know, potentially have, you know, mm. him around, you know, this week. You know, if he's not in Jersey on Wednesday, maybe he'll turn up for, in Charlotte on Saturday for Battle of the Belts. It's... Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's what's on the cards for that. But yeah, I mean, just to wrap up, they are. I mean, what we know so far, Rampage on Friday, um, as a six-man tag match with Two Point Zero and Daniel Garcia against Ortiz, Santana, and Eddie Kingston, and uh, Battle of the Belts. Like I say, so far uh, from mm-hmm. Charlotte, only has Britt Baker versus Rio announced. Um, I will get more on Dynamite, but yeah, not really. Yeah, setting the world I like that. Well, it's a street fight in terms of that six-man. And if it's anything like the street fight that was on Rampage this week, which <laughs> talk about a match that I had little to no expectation for and finding that it kind of over-delivered. Special shout out to the Bunny for what was one of the most like kind of aesthetically pleasing blade jobs, I think, in recent mm-hmm. history in terms of it just being half and half. And I thought, that's your T-shirt sorted, isn't it? You've got mm-hmm. that completely down in the ground as well. So, yeah. <laughs> I did enjoy that match, and then Cody Cena had to go out there and follow it. But uh, yeah, yeah, maybe you can uh, recap that on the tears. Ty Conti about the whole thing—they were absolutely fucking buzzing. But another show that's going to keep all, all buzzing: Impact Wrestling, hard to kill, and by God, it is in the year 2022. Oh, one Very second, easy. sorry, JP, just on time. Connor's picking up another one. Cody versus Sammy has just been added for Saturday. Any more excited? Speaking well, of uh, Cody Cena, I'm I'm really pumped, but I can't like still. Like what? Really? I don't. You go into a rematch straight away. There's much more kind of other interesting stuff to do. Yeah, I can't. I, just, I don't know. The crowd will react how they react for it, as they do with all Cody matches, which is kind of take over from it mm. at this point. 
Yeah. Thanks again, Connor. <laughs> but anyway, he's distracted <laughs> away from this really important hard to kill preview from the. That fact- one was breaking news. It wasn't your fault. Sorry, carry on. Wow. <laughs> well, it's from the factory in Deep Ellum, which I don't know if that means if someone's taking the piss or what in Dallas, Texas. Apparently, headlined by Jesus wept. Impact World Title match: Moose versus Matt Cardona versus W Morrissey. Yeah. Knockouts title match: Mickey James versus Diona Parazzo. Josh Alexander versus Jonah. A seems rather pointless. Non-title knockouts ultimate X match. Uh, Rosemary versus Jordan Grace versus Chelsea Green versus Rachel Ellering versus Tasha Steeles versus Lady Frost. X division title match: Trey Miguel versus Steve Macklin. Knockouts tag team title match: The Inspiration versus The Influence. And I'm assuming I'm um, make a prediction now. This will be one of the sort of worst pay per view matches of 2022. Because uh, the influence, by the way, of Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood and up against the former Iconics. There's a lot of shit going around in that match. Um, Ring of Honor world title match. Um, Jonathan Gresham versus Chris Sabin. Because it's 2022. Um, I'm going to catch and then, you, Mace. I'll be, I'll be a three-way. Oh, I was going to say, he's not the real Ring of Honor world title. I mean, like in many ways, I'm viewing his title like the FTW title. And you're really Shane Douglas. <laughs> And you just wait for that big title for title match. Um, hardcore War 10-man tag team match. Eddie Edwards, Heath, Rhino, Rich Swan, and Willie Mack versus the Good Brothers and Violent by Design of Dina, Eric Young, and Joe Doring. Which one's the main event? <laughs> Apparently, it's going to be Moose versus Matt Cardona versus W. Morrissey. Right. Big cast. Yeah, I was going to laugh on Matt Cardona, but to be fair to that, he's put a put a shift in this year. I'll, I'll let him off. But well, he got married to this yeah. weekend, didn't he? Did yeah. Stag he broke down yeah, the forbid, forbidden door on his stag do and his re- wedding reception. Quite uh, presumptuous, though, isn't it? That your mates have got nothing better to do on New Year's Eve than do uh, do your do your wedding slash stag do over over that weekend. But I worked out for him a lot of uh, WWE career mid carders in those folks. Those there, all my favorite wrestlers, John Morrison, Dolph Ziggler, looked like a fucking nightmare to me as far as a wedding to be at. But anywho, um, <laughs> I wish them well. Um, Josh Alexander Jonah is probably the one match that takes my out of the, out of this card um, as far as being of interest. Mm. I suppose Gretchen being on an impact show is interesting. You know, Chris Saban's best years are behind. Them, but I'm sure they can pull some something out the bag there. But that's about it, really. I, suppose, I say that I should give more credit to Mickey James and Diana Parazzo. You know, Diana's one of one of my favourite North American uh, female wrestlers, and Mickey can still go. So you know, you might have something there as well. But you know, on a busy week as far as appointment viewing goes, uh, I don't know. Is it going to make your list, Gareth? But I'm uh, sneaking in in time. This definitely won't be what I'm sneaking in uh, in time to talk about. There's uh, not enough, uh, not enough to pull me here. I think I'll, I'll eventually watch that Mickey James Diana Parato match because I'm guessing that that'll be that'll be decent. It's the one that stands out on that card to me. But you know, even you saying there, uh, Josh Alexander Jonah. I'm in, I'm interested in the Josh Alexander half of that uh, matchup. The uh, the Jonah part. Um, I've never, uh, ne- not somebody I've ever been particularly enthused uh, on. So that doesn't uh, necessarily pull me in. But by God, who the hell is booking Moose versus Macardo versus W Morrissey for a main event world title in 2022? What is happening in the world? Fucking hell. And it could have been Josh Alexander having great matches with people. You could have had that. Or, and W. Morrissey, by the way, his contract's running out. So probably put the fucking title on him. 
because you know <laughs> TNA is going to TNA, isn't it? Uh, you can't remove that gene. Speaking of very exciting, in the center of it. <laughs> He'll turn up too. If he turns up, I'll be well into it. But uh, speaking of exciting cards from uh, from this weekend, Gareth, we've saved you the uh, the best philosophies uh, last couple of minutes of this show, mate. Go on, reel it off. This is why you're here for uh, for your special appearance on the preview show. Yeah, I just uh, scrolled down to see this in blue. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, it's uh, on the fourth. Oh, tomorrow. It's uh, oh, NXT shit, two. It? It's NXT two point New Year's Evil, which you're all. Uh, Chomping at the bit to watch this one, I'm sure. And we have, I'm sorry, I'm reading this card. And is this a joke? Are you putting this together? (laughs) MSK MSK and Riddle against Imperium. So that's Riddle's their shaman in storyline because they were like a bifter. There you go. Well, (laughs) interesting. JP and TBL uh, are going to do a run in and take them all out. That's right. That's what I picked for this card. I'd rather TBL Paco was on this. Roderick Strong against Carmelo Hayes apparently is taking place for the NXT Cruiserweight title versus North American title unification match. Oh, loves a good unification match, Smallman, doesn't he? The uh, director of creative at uh, NXT. Um, get your uh, get your Atlas title in there, lad. Women's title triple threat, Mandy Rose versus Raquel Gonzalez versus Cora Jade. Yep, that's, that's a matter. Remember Cora Jade? She likes she's she's a, a skateboarder apparently. All right. Oh well, me oh, her and Johnny Ace can can go out. I can keep my cap on. Um, and then and then we've got Tommaso Champer against Bron Breaker in the main event. I mean, if this doesn't scream NXT takeover level uh, match. Uh, Match card for you to all be uh, absolutely desperate to go and watch. I don't know what does because uh, this uh, this has got me excited for tomorrow night. I'm sure it has you too, lads. <laughs> Hype, mate. Hyped. Well, I don't. Uh, I was, I was going to say TBL Packer does come out with Carmelo Hayes these days. If you want the TBL Packer action, that's where he is. Um, I, with this one, it just feels like it's the Brom Brecker coronation. I'd expect this one that Chumper will go all out to kind of completely bust his ass before he inevitably just becomes a coach at WWE, which seems to be, you know, if he's lucky enough not to get cut, would be the role that would kind of suit him best. And you'll get the Bron Brecker era, of which people are speculating he'll win the Rumble and all of this stuff, and depends on how hot he is. If they used his fucking surname, and I'm not talking about Rex Steiner, but just Steiner, imagine how much more excited you'd be about this. You'd be like, ah, fucking Steiner's kids getting getting a big push. Other than that, this is typical NXT fare and it'll be happening and it'll be like an epileptic fit happening in your eyes in a fucking primary school art room. Like, it'll just be bright light, shining colour, 20-year-old barely using a skateboard, lots of fucking around, a lad talking to himself and um, James Drake and um, Zach Gibson nicking shit. <laughs> There you go. And if you want to hear all about what happens, JP's daily updates are, uh, are the place to go and you'll uh, you'll get all of the uh, the factual information out of uh, this show. And uh, 
everything else mm. going going on this week. And that is also where you can find shows like this. Uh, we'll thank all of our uh, new listeners and, uh, and viewers for, for tuning in um, for this extended version of our normal Friday preview show. But on a Monday, it's a weird period. It's a, it, all, it all makes sense by the end of the week. Um, but yeah, you can get uh, get this, get our daily updates, get our usual uh, Patreon shows, as well as uh, pre and post shows, which we'll be doing in a, in a matter of seconds with our with our patrons. Uh, comes with the price. And yeah, it's the start of a new month and the start of a new year. So, uh, so no better time to do it. But yeah, anything else we need to mention for cleanup? JP, spotlight at the weekend. Anything else? Spotlight at the weekend, and you mentioned already Patreon. I go back and listen to our our grappy awards and our crappy awards as well. I'd recommend going back having a listen to those and some of the other stuff for now. We've got quite an extensive back catalogue the past year. Christ, some go. of the things we've reviewed in that time. Brilliant. And on that note. As well, uh, for the free feed, our uh, our grapple uh, top matches, uh, top ten matches of the year podcast will be uh, we're coming in January, and uh, you've been putting some hard work into the uh, the back end to uh, to get us all ready for that, Gareth. Yeah, it's that time of year when we start crunching the numbers over um, three hundred thousand ratings into the app uh, this year. So there's uh, lots of different stories that can be told there around wrestlers of the year, tag team of the year, best matches of the year, etc., etc., all all that side of things. So. Just uh, putting a lot of work into that at the minute, and then the inevitable rewatch that comes with it as I try and decide on what my own top ten uh, top ten is for that. But yep, keep your eyes peeled for the Grapple One Hundred, which should fall at uh, basically the same time as that top ten matches of the year podcast as well. So you'll be able to compare and contrast what we think with what um, what comes out of the the, the Grapple app as a whole. Um, one year ends, a new year starts. Obviously, we've been previewing a lot of events here. Um, so, yeah, when you're watching Wrestle Kingdom, when you're watching any of these shows, the AW stuff as well, don't forget to uh, get your uh, ratings in onto the uh, onto the Grapple app as well because it uh, just enables us to keep uh, producing these lists and helping people cherry-pick the, uh, the matches that have uh, been the best of each month or each year and things like that for people to uh, dip into and pick those out. And start of a new year. Never, if you've... Uh, been a been a grapple user in the past and maybe lapsed over the course of the year or maybe over the course of pandemic well get on board again start rating your matches from the start of the new year who knows 2022 can't be worse than 2021 and 2020 can it what a great note to start the era yeah you're right you're right it's got to be better it's got to be better then i don't know no doubt 2022 will give it a good fucking go (laughs) since 2016 if we're being frank I'm still getting over 2019, but we'll get yeah. there together, folks. But uh, yeah, thanks again to for everyone for tuning in. Thanks to all our patrons. Special thanks to our Kings of the Mountain, Carl Clack, Robert Brocky, Simon Gunn, Gunny Daniel, and Connor O'Loughlin. Um, and thank you specifically to Connor for uh, for helping us out uh, as fourth chair tonight. Uh, we're all heading off. Our post show will start now for the next couple of minutes with our with our patrons. But yeah, live viewers uh, over on YouTube. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll catch you again on Spotlight at the weekend. Tuna ala bagana. Uganda. Bantu language. Official language of Uganda. <laughs> See ya. Happy New Year. Time to add personality to your office or home. Goat Guns offers a wide range of miniature gun models that are fun to build and display. From desk decorations to conversation starters, our realistic die-cast models are sure to impress. Choose from a vast selection of historic miniature firearms such as AR-15s, AK-47s, and 1911 pistol. We have greatest of all time support and a 90-day buyback guarantee. Order your Goat Gun at GoatGuns.com.